BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Benno. 
I'm JP. And I'm Gareth. And we're here again, lads. Not much to talk about, you know. It's uh, another quiet week in the professional wrestling world. I'm, uh, I'm just thinking to myself, there's going to be people listening to this. No, this is the problem when you record the podcast. Like, I don't know how long this podcast is going to be. People listening to this in their audio feed, you can see right now whatever the number is. Like, we take some bets. It might be three hours, 55 minutes. It might be two hours, 55 minutes. You people in the future will know, but I feel like it's going to be a big number this week, lads, because uh, yeah. there's a lot to get into. It ain't got a two at the front. Definitely not. <laughs> no. No. Seems if so, then your file is corrupted, and I'd suggest refreshing and uploading a new version. <laughs> Benno will have a note that explains it on the updated show notes. But yeah. 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 This is going to be a lot. few things have happened. few things mm. going on. Oh. I mean, we. I mean, we did a weekend show on Friday, didn't we? JP put it on the free feed. Hopefully, people there enjoyed that. Doing a preview, you know, there've been a quite a few happenings in there in the wrestling world at that point. You know, the small matter of you know ROH being under the stewardship of uh, of Tony Khan. We did our, our big pay per view preview. Vince McMahon's melted head had been on uh, on YouTube with uh, with Pat McAfee. <laughs> it was uh, there was a lot to get into, and then yeah, you know, we're back for spotlight and uh, and the wrestling world's gone gone even even crazier but i don't know any thoughts on any of that gareth all that stuff we talked on uh, on friday any, uh, any hot takes on vince mcmahon's pat mcafee interview or uh, anything like that that you've just reminded me i meant to watch that today and i didn't watch that today that was like one of the things on the oh. list that i thought oh i'll definitely catch up on that but from what i've heard it's just a lot of kind of vince rehashing stuff that you've heard before and things and actually just seeing him as a human being is the only kind of reason to watch it rather than necessarily the stories is that fair uh, i don't know if he comes across as a human being <laughs> like, <I> mean, <laughs> less of a lizard yeah, my responsibilities are solely to the shareholders something a very human statement and the one that we can yeah. all empathize with yeah <laughs> you know no no real care in the world for his actual children you know it was uh that never yeah, existed was... mate <laughs> apart Not from the shame. daughter i'll try to leave it at that yeah, he definitely at a point he loved Stephanie. You know, the, the, there was definitely those couple of years. The fine yeah. love. <laughs> Triple H got you know a little, a little bit of uh, no. It's uh, oh, it was rough. It was rough and there. It was it was just yeah that that happened last week. Obviously, yeah the uh, the Tony Khan ROH stuff happened. It was just yeah. It, it, it we needed to do that and then it, and then since then what's happened? Steve Austin's apparently not wrestling at WrestleMania anymore. You'll be made up, Gareth. Cody might be coming back to AEW. You know, there's uh, probably not. But, you know, there's every chance it's, with that fucking a, story. There's every it's chance. All part, it's all part of the long term story, Penny. It's, <laughs> it's all part. You've turned into one of his messages. I still believe. You'll be like, I was right all along. I told you. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> in the message board generation, Gareth, you have to wait 15 years. And then 15 years later, you do eventually get proven right. It's just a matter of patience. Exactly. you just got to hold back, haven't you? Hello. Um, uh, when uh, when you. Bought, uh, bought Ring of Honor. I was definitely doing that. Yep, told you there was too much cachet in Ring of Honor, too much brand equity there. Totally Ring of Honor right. isn't dead. I was like, yeah, yes, one of the joys of doing a podcast. Yeah, tick, mm. <laughs> correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What'll, ha- what'll happen with it? I mean, it sounds like it's, um, it sounds like it's, again, what we've kind of talked about what they should be doing and things, you know, we're like, we've talked about that kind of like development angle and, you know, we've talked a lot about a place for these younger talents to be contracted 
in a way, but then go out on loan almost and just like ply the trade and learn and things. You think, like think about a lot of these lads just, you know, reading between the lines. It feels like that's something that might be done there, which again, just feels like a big win to me. I'm not sure about, did I read today, Khan saying he's going to book it himself as well. I don't know if that's a good idea. I don't know if that's a good Apparently, idea. yeah. We were just talking about that in the pre-show, like the idea that like, yeah, you know, this, I mean, it's just Tony, and he's got you know he's got one EWR save on the go, and he's thinking he can manage to have a second. Like he was literally in that press presser last night talking about like how you know he had these weird documents of on weird documents of these wrestling promotions he booked, and he yeah Dynamite was running since 1995, and Rampage was running, and then he was like, yeah, and there comes a point in every save I've had where I had to get more TV time because I just had too many wrestlers, and I was like, yeah, that sounds right, Tony. <laughs> So now, yeah, the logical next step, JP, is a is an extra is an extra wrestling company to uh, to run. I'm sure it'll be fine. Hmm. He'll he'll <laughs> need some get up and go to do that. And again, statements to to, to to kind of throw out there into the wall. It's mentalist behaviour. Look, there's a reason why Man City aren't managed by someone who is just amazing a football manager. All right. Mm. As much as we kind of want to think, right, he needs to slow down here because again. Like as much fun as it is living inside at times, like a quite brilliant 14-year-old booking genius's mind. There's only so many of those shows I think that it's gonna have the kind of legs to do. I I I've got loads of thoughts about the, the kind of ring of honor sale stuff, but like when it comes to like the idea of him booking it himself, that should be a massive no. This should be about developing booking talent and getting fresh ideas, fresh perspectives. And then if he wants to pill for them for AEW, he can do so because he owns the company, but ultimately he's not going to be getting any different viewpoints into there and it shouldn't be booked for him. Like mm. this would be one of the things where, you know, and, and, and Gareth would know much more about this than me. This is where you kind of, you look at what the brand of ring of honor, ring of honor is, what you don't just want it to be a W light. Like NXT is that, and that just treads water, doesn't it? So, do you want it to be something different? If so, you're going to need a different perspective and outlook, unless he's, you know, just some sort of wild creative like Beat Takeshi who can make kind of <laughs> moody art house cinema and then appear on Takeshi's castle simultaneously. <laughs> and you just like, you don't know where you go with this. So, <laughs> like, uh, you know, I don't think that that Tony Khan should be doing this at all. Like, yeah. and, and it, it, you know, regardless of how there's value in this, whether it's 40 million pound a dollars say, worth of value, yeah. that's the kind of bigger question. But yeah. I, I, I was, I, I was listening to you talking about that the other day. And then what were you saying? How, how many million were you saying? 40 million, 40 between 30 and 40. Yeah. I mean, I'd pay it, but that's me. <laughs> yeah, happily, I'd pay double for that for that tape library. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah, we've got to say, when we were talking about it, it was like, I was wondering what, what, what was like your take on it. Because, like, I think the, to, if anyone didn't listen to the weekend show, me and JP's kind of summation was there's definitely value going forward in the tape library. I think there's, you know, there's definitely equity in having a second brand where it's, you know, I know Meltzer made the big point about how, well, you might as well, why would you run shows under ROH when you'd get more people in the door if it's AEW? But people know when it's second rate AEW, I think it being its own mm -hmm. entity is a little bit more sellable to TNT or TBS and get its own slot on telly and treat it like it's its own company. So I can see, I can see there being money in that. If anything, to be honest, watching that presser last night, like I, I almost think it was almost worth a couple of mil just to keep CM Punk happy, you know, because <laughs> like, he's all made up that his matches are going to be like in the hands of Tony as opposed to Vince like 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I, it, it feels like an extravagant purchase, but you know, not one I wouldn't say I'd make myself. And yeah, I, they'll I get the money back. I, I think forty million. I think even if it even if it is as high as that, that feels to me like something that you get back. Like even if you. Like, I don't know, conservatively, if they whack that tape library on there or something like that, say if you only got, like, fucking, you know, 20,000 people paying, like, a tenner a month or something to, that, you know, you just on that tape library alone, that would be, like, two and a half million quid, and that's the way you're only saying 20,000 people. Like, it's it's going to surely the fucking push that to more people than that with the channels that they've got. If they're developing a product and then they've got, like, you know, they can even get, like, minor TV deals and things with the relationships mm. that Khan's got and things. Give it three years, they'll, they'll they'll wash its face in three years. I would have thought merch stuff that the bit you know on the back of it and things like that. Like, just for like it, it, even a sum that on the surface feels re- like pretty bloody high when you look at it in in, in them terms. Like, the, the, even if they'll claw the majority of that back, and at the end of the day, can fucking piss that tomorrow, wouldn't he? Like <laughs> the amount of money they've got, it doesn't you know doesn't yeah. even doesn't make a, a dent from from that point of view. On he's that already... booking side, on, on that booking side of things, I was thinking like like fair dues if he's got his hand in there and he's like, right, I want you know I want Daniel Garcia, I want you know whatever fucking Lee Moriarty, Lee Johnson, whatever kind of thing, and and goes you know protect those lads, make them look strong, you book it kind of thing. But if he had that overarching view of, here you go, he's five people who I want to, in 12 months' time, I want to be, you know, looking looking strong. But the idea of him having his fucking hands on the the the, the detail of a, you know, show-by-show show basis or something like that, fucking hell, like his, you know, essentially he's got four fucking shows for AW that some of them aren't even bloody joined up and some, you know, as good as they are, there's still holes in plenty of stuff along the way, isn't it? I'd be saying concentrate on that mate and let's uh let's get somebody in there who can work underneath you and just bring bring a different slant to the table or a different couple of ideas to the table but that sits underneath your like overarching vision for for what it is because it's just going to burn himself out unless he just like fucks off full on or you know fucks off the jaguars or something whatever he's doing with them and frees up a bit of time but can't even see that happening can you yeah yeah it was like a I could, I could almost hear you in him, Gareth, when he was talking. It was like the way he was um, talking about, oh, like, you know, our, you know, what he was like, he literally asked the journalist at the, the scrum. He was like, so who preferred the original NXT or NXT 2.0? And all the journalists were like, well, original NXT, obviously. And he was like, right. And which one do you think is more in line with, for better or worse, what happens on the main roster? And it was like, well, NXT 2.0. And his argument was, well, maybe that is more what it'd be. And maybe that's a reason why he was like, his his argument is that's why I should be in charge of both because if you put someone else in charge of it, then they might be you know pushing people that that, that you don't necessarily want to use or pushing people in a certain way you don't want to use. And I don't know if that's entirely accurate because I can't like you said I kind of think well if you're overseeing it, surely you can at least yeah. give the booker notes. So push this guy, don't push that guy. Do this feud, don't do that feud without doing the minutiae of the week to week. Like I'm not going full you know retro Beno and saying bring Gabe Sapolsky in, although I'd enjoy it. But like, you know, some kind of wouldn't wrestling last, brain. It wouldn't. That's the problem with that. Some kind of wrestling brain like that. Um, and not one of the uh, the, the names that have uh, been floated, but I'll talk about him later. But like some, like you know, somebody who can, you know, be like almost like you said, be like something, be someone who's a protege or somebody who's could potentially take take over the reins of Dynamite or Rampage mm. and give some new ideas and stuff. Hopefully, like logic wins out, and that's what ends up happening. 
as you said, if he's got if he's overviewing it, then like that would be the kind of you know that's that's where he'd get his input on. Look, these are the people we've got as our projects, and we think that there's real value there, and I want you to to kind of try and maximise that. But it's not also set in stone the people that he thinks there'll be people like Eddie Kingston who sort of turned up on his doorstep in some ways just due to the pandemic and then look where we are as we're going to get into in there in a bit and also what worries me is if he's thinking of it from a creative perspective there are so many other facets of this ring of honor deal that I think he needs to be concentrating on as a as a businessman and as the the owner and of um of all elite wrestling there are things there about like obviously what do you do with the tape library like mm. as we've spoken about sort of ad infinitum for that it then lends itself into you know stories of hbo max running sports so are you going to have like a kind of um ott deal um as well to try and get them um it, it's you know that's going to be something like whether or not that you know i think overall this adds value to a to a bigger portfolio and so that's where i think you can pay the 40 million off i think it's a high price i also think if you're anthem you sell impact now right you see these kind of figures being drawn about and you think of that library and other things like that and the ip like i almost think if you can try and get a seller for it because i was i was looking into it a bit anthem's entirely funded by hedge hedge money people Mm. there's going to come a point where they're going to want their money because Otherwise, it's it's you know it's a complete house of cards. So that would be the thing that that Anthem should end up doing. But it's it, it is something where you know they have to work out what do they actually want this to be. Is this going to be like focusing on sort of just completely new young talent? Is it going to play into the ring of on a brand? Is that where you stick your Jay Lethal's that you inexplicably signed a contract and Tony Nieces? Then yeah, that's what what you'd end up doing. Does it replace dark and dark elevation? Because if so, what purpose do those shows have? Adds a whole new thing to Supercard of Honor, because obviously that's effectively it's AEW having a show running WrestleMania weekend. So that's that's kind of interesting at the same time. Um, and Gareth mentioned it earlier on. Can you sell this to other TV networks? Um, does the production equipment? I think Time Warner still do the production. I think mm. for dynamite. Now you've bought the ring of honor production equipment. Does that then save on a kind of weekly cost as well going forward? If it's good enough, which I suspect it probably isn't because it's ring of honor. All of those are the things you should be focusing on. Not what he did as a 14 year old booking. In <laughs> That's back so far. Do you get my point? Well, you're right. <laughs> Much yeah, bigger yeah. things going on here. Not, I want to push this lad instead. Fuck it. I'm running Mate, telly deals, streaming service, eyes on the prizing. Uh, he's, a, he's a smart man. He'll have all that boxed off. He'll know what he's doing on that front. The thing is, with it being like a separate thing and it being like Tony Khan owns this, not AEW, like, mm. like it's not going to replace Dark or Dark uh, or Elevation, is it? And like thinking about those, I don't think I would want it to, to be honest, because I think that gets used so well to just like pad records and things just to give you that challenger of the month and things like that on TV or make somebody look a bit more credible when they've like jumped in the rankings and things just to put a different face out there. Like obviously, I mean, I suppose you could do that with ROH, but I don't think you'd want them bleeding into each other that much. You know, I think you definitely want it as being almost that, you know, that, that developmental step. So again, you know, like, 
to me, it feels like you're needing both of those. So he's got he's going to have five fucking shows to keep his uh, keep his eye on before before pay per views, you know, and specials and things like that as well. So um, mm. it's a clearly good at time management, old tone, or maybe he can work a bit faster than anybody else. I don't know. I don't know maybe. how he'd do that. I think maybe like... <laughs> who, who, who knows? He can accelerate your performance. Who knows? Lucas Aid. <laughs> That's definitely what it is, Lucas. Yeah. But yeah, I am, you know, the whole like ROH stuff is, you know, new music to my ears. And it sounded like from that presser, like it was, you know, music to Punk's ears. You know, the idea of like just doing something that's befitting of that brand. Like I think about the idea of like, I like both ideas really. He was kind of non committal at the presser about exactly what he's going to do, whether it be purely developmental, which does make sense and seemed to be more the direction he was talking with his other answers. But, you know, could it be a super indies type thing that's its own entire brand separate from AEW? You know, that's possible too. Um, I think it's interesting with whichever way it goes. And yeah, I think it's, there's definitely there's money in it. Um, but I would say that, you know, as the uh, as the owner of uh, all of the ROH shows on a hard drive that I've still not had an offer from Tony on, you know, I'm uh... <laughs> worth a good 10 million at least, isn't it? By, by I reckon so, you know, yeah. HD, HD quality, you know, from uh, our friends at Extreme Wrestling Terrence, Terrence uh, RIP in peace, Sweet Angels, who have uh, been taken down on the back. Like <laughs> Christ, stables, three days. <laughs> And they and they and they resurrected. <laughs> and unlike Christ, the first thing they did is put up a seedling in show. But there you go. Um, Sir Paul's my Christ mate. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I, 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 I tell you so what, though, when you, th- when you when you think about like that, though, with the Ring of Honor, like I'll watch it, you know, again, mm. just because it's under his kind of stewardship, and it's not like I was watching ROH TV on a weekly basis. So if they can keep the people who were watching ROH, and then they can you know, attract people who are just watching, you know, AEW. It's another pull away from, you know, other products and things at a time when New Japan's dropping, people are getting pissed off with Noah, you know, obviously, you know, elements with NXT audience and things like that changing and stuff like that. It's, again, there's that, that avenue out there. So you just think from like a pure viewership perspective, it's going to be bigger than what Ring of Honor was, surely, because... You know, assuming they could get some kind of like comparative TV, you know, exposure on a relatively similar level, which I don't see why they they wouldn't be able to do with, again, with the relationships they've got with the TV networks and things like that, then yeah, I'll be watching it every fucking week. Interestingly, people kept trying to draw him on whether like the Sinclair you know, distribution details were going to stay. And he didn't outright say no at any point. Like, he got asked at least three mm. different times, and he didn't. He couldn't be drawn on it. He was just kind of, well, I can't talk about any of that stuff. So that could happen too, you know. That could still be around. So, no, it is uh, it is exciting times. Well, yeah, we, start, we started on business, lads. This is a... We get this podcast done in like ninety minutes today at, the, at this pace. Um, I mean, <laughs> any other thoughts on the other stories that we've got? Anything on there with the... Uh... You say we've kind of kind of touched on it on Cody there and whatever the fuck is going on. Apparently, he's pulled from the uh, the WrestleMania uh, documents and lineup uh, this this past week or so. After I think I think it was Bodyslam.net uh, first reported, and now Vince McMahon, uh, Vince McMahon, Dave Meltzer, easy mistake, um, is, uh, is talking thing. about the yeah <laughs> in a lot of ways <laughs> like Yin and Yang and JP, um, but like <laughs> he's talking about how yeah that that does seem to be the case that the uh, he's been taken off the uh, the block for that. Steve Austin was supposed to be 
wrestling at a, a WrestleMania, at least that was the rumor, and now it sounds like he's just doing an angle. Um, this all this Kevin Owens stuff is just just building to that. Um, yeah, not look not looking good for that. Uh, as, as JP said in the pre-show, that uh, that breaking news audio we did <laughs> when we, like two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's all just back to normal, and Cody's going to be back. Oh, on waste of fucking time that was. Yeah. Yeah. Just delete it. Just delete it. <laughs> <laughs> Never happened. <laughs> I mean, he's fucked it, hasn't he, Cody? Then you know, with all the uh, you know the leverage he's lost there. If, oh, you know. so Cody, isn't it? <laughs> like, do you know? It's it just like it's it's mind-boggling to me that you'd that the do the bits that they did with AW there and the whole big announcement and stuff and not have pen and paper on something else like it just like you know McMahon's got you by the balls and at that point hasn't he you know that you've you sort of semi-burned a bridge one way and the options aren't um, you know much else like you know that number that's written on the back of a fag packet that he had flashed in front of him can suddenly half in a you know very uh, easy amount of time can't it if you've got no bloody name on a bit of paper just bizarre absolutely just mind-numbing to me like and i don't know now you just you are just in this place where i don't know is he going to turn back up with his tail between his legs and everyone know that he's sort of you know okay i've relinquished the leverage out there i'm coming back with less power i'm coming back with less money like i don't like what's what's the what's the the in for Cody Rhodes to if, almost save face and kind of you know I think try and put a positive lean into it. I think you'd have to lean into it and do the thing that everyone fucking thinks he should have done. And some think he already did, but I, I don't know if that, that kind of has been born out. It's just turning full heel and make it yeah. the heat and make it the fact that he, you know, I wanted to turn up like Owen Hart when he turned up and battered um, Shawn Michaels at a degeneration. Yeah, come out the crowd a pair of jeans or something like that and kind of like get pulled out or, you know, he's not supposed <laughs> to be here type of thing. They fucked that angle afterwards. I remember being quite oh, cross yeah. about that. I was oh, looking forward yeah. to an Owen Hart as top line kind of baby face angle. And he had the beard and everything else and they fucked it. I want Cody to turn up as like Nikolai Volkov when he was a member of the Million Dollar Corporation or whatever, you know, with his little Million Dollar Man <laughs> trunks, but with a scent on the side because he was absolutely skint now, like t- totally fucked himself financially. That would be a great little role for Cody now. Well, that he's, uh, he's, he's some like lost it all lackey. He could yeah, decide to bit control of his narrative, couldn't he? He could do that as well. He could. Maybe he didn't like the way these storylines go. He could control that. Pay £100 pound to go and shout at EC3. Yeah. Apparently, one one person took that up and they shouted across the areas. I was like, yeah, good use of money. It was a broom cupboard, but, you know, they, uh, they went for well, it. Well, like him and them in a broom cupboard. I mean, it's not like there's a lot that could go wrong, especially with him. <laughs> I mean, like, if you just lock him in a broom club and says, right, bollock me, and it's like, what's to say he's not just going to fucking deck me then in that case? Or would you have room? It seems like it just it's an accident waiting to happen, isn't it? Who um, spent 100 quid on that? What? Moron? As <laughs> 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 Liam says there in the chat, it's like Adam Rickett <laughs> returning to Corey after him thinking he was a bigger star than he was. It's it's one of them. It's like you know, I, you know, we talked about it, and I don't know if your position has changed a little bit on whether, you know, this was all business and a money thing with with Cody. Like I, I saw it was like it was Robert made like the joke tweet of like Tony telling 
I am Cody. I've just got no money in the budget for you, mate. Meanwhile, like an ROH ring truck goes behind him for the little, like, you know, like just the 40 million he's spending there and, you know, bringing in Swerve and bringing in all these other other people. Jeff Hardy's coming in on Wednesday, you know. But sorry, Cody, we just can't afford I think he just got sick of the sight of the bastard. And maybe this will be, this will be the humbling. This will be like, Cody, like, okay, fine. I mean, all he does control your narrative. I think it'll be one of the two. Um, but I, I could honestly see it. I could honestly see him coming back now. Like, I really can. Like, and I, I know, yeah, I don't know if it would improve the quality of AEW, but, like, it'd be fucking hilarious, and I'd love to see it, and I'd love to talk about it every week. Like, I'm, like that. that's the big thing about Cody. I just miss being able to talk about him. And, like, if he, if he goes to WWE still, and he's just he's just on, on, like, the treadmill, you know, getting booked like he's the Miz or something like that. What are we going to talk about? If he comes back to AEW, imagine, like, the psychological analysis yeah. we can do on his segments and what's going forward. Like, people out there think I hate Cody. I find Cody very entertaining, not in the, always the right ways, and there's usually lots to uh, to be critical about uh, his segments, but I think it'd be fucking great if it happened. This is the best. This is the shit that you do mm. want to talk about, isn't it? You know, mm. it's, it's, it's where you've just got, like, random occurrences and wrestling and it's just a bit like you know weird scenarios happening and things like that 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 is that's the entertaining side of things like fuck cody Rhodes in ring work or anything like that i don't want to sit and break down cody Rhodes' fucking matches or anything like that but yeah given a situation where he's backed himself into a corner and he has to eat a bit of humble pie and see how he like fits into the system lovely stuff <laughs> Fingers crossed. Uh, did you watch uh, Control Your Narrative for the weekend, JP? Just based, you know, just quickly based no. on that. I assume, assume you did. No, you didn't. Oh. I didn't, but then I'm not a school shooter type. And I assume <laughs> that's very much like the core demographic by the looks of things. Uh, did you see their menu? <laughs> I didn't. Menu? Was it a restaurant as well? Oh. No venue. Oh, sorry. No, I didn't. <laughs> it was Tuesday night graps level. It was like, like a ring. With like a wall like that you couldn't like swing a cat like in the space between the ring and the wall and just a lot of people you know standing around in in black t-shirts no seating um yeah controlling the narrative <laughs> it was uh, <laughs> it didn't look great like it, it, when they said sell out we should have known you know it was sell out but like you're talking yeah. like 30 people i think in cell championship wrestling that's all that <laughs> stuff is i refuse to like uh, there, there's no reason to watch it it's just a terrible 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 idea that's just yeah yeah no i didn't i didn't see any of this is this all live on youtube is it i'm assuming i don't have to pay a penny for this shit i actually don't know i don't even know where you watch uh, oh what's, no it's on the, pro wrestling.tv which everyone's they, know they about. got a giant, a giant network deal didn't they <laughs> yeah it's going to launch on cable again define cable define <laughs> television really at this point it's what do Quite you mean by it? Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's it's a load of old bollocks. No, I won't be watching Control Your Narrative just yet. It's fallen below <laughs> NWA power on my on my watch list, of which I've seen none for what feels like about two years. Oh, maybe we should have done a live watch along. Oh, well. We missed out. We missed our moment. We did. Uh, <laughs> and slap fighting, apparently, which had made its return, but American slap fighting, which isn't real slap fighting. It's Polish yeah. or nothing. In my, in my mind, good way to solve a conflict in Eastern Europe. Bit of slap fighting. I don't know. Mm. Around the world could take some uh, some notes on that. But uh, <laughs> uh, well, I feel like we there you go. We tackled a lot of the uh, the news of the uh, the day there. I don't know if there's anything else you wants to mention, JP. 
Um, I suppose I off off topic notes, but I'll just go into the brief of, of things. Shane Warne's dead, and I was a big Shane Warne fan. I went to see Batman and Arsenal won three two. There you go. There's a, a brief summary of off topic things. I was Batman, Yeah, I feel like I'm going to spoiler territory here. It, it, it's it. I was worried that this was going to look like just so overtly stylish, but actually. I don't think a three-hour running time is good for the vast majority of films, to be honest with you. You could just lose oh, something. Different medium, mate. So different <laughs> rules. Basically, do as I say, don't do as I do. Um, yeah, agreed. But, but you know, I, I enjoyed it. I had kind of lower expectations. I was expecting to dislike certain things about it. And while it isn't perfect or anything else, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought it, I would do. Obviously, you'd get something from it by spitting by which scenes are the uh, Liverpool scenes. And do you know who else who made a, a turn up? Trevor from EastEnders. Oh, no way. Again, <laughs> big roles. Alex Fern, Joe told me his name is um, earlier today. But I was. Was he genuine... in ID? What football hooligan film was he in? He was in something, wasn't he? Oh, Scottish. I like it... Yeah, I feel like he was. Possibly. He's a younger man. He's, oh, but he's yeah. doing all right for himself. That's I don't good. think we That's need to worry about his. Don't need to worry about his career. How about Mo and Little Mo? Are they doing all right. Well, Big Mo, her brother's Gary Oldman. So he'd like to think he'd shove her a few quid her way if things got completely <laughs> desperate, wouldn't you? No, she was on uh, when I was watching Gogglebox the other week. There was a clip of her doing the full Monty on like on stage. That was a sight that I didn't need to see. Fuck it now. <laughs> wow. Uh, how about you, Gareth? Any anything wrestling or non-wrestling you want to uh, mention? Anything? I don't know. Is that a tea up, Benner? <laughs> it wasn't meant to be, but I feel like it's going to have to be now. <laughs> As I said it, I realised what I was leading myself into. <laughs> Do you have a good weekend, I suppose, more? I mean, but I think, yeah. So. <laughs> You're gonna have a better weekend all. in future weekends, so you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I've done, done done fuck all. Sarah's basically been on the piss for about three days running. So um so I've just been doing lots of uh, lots of looking after children and um uh, uh, et uh looking after our children, um making sure they go to football and things like that. But yeah, gonna be a bit busier this week. Off to Bootle tomorrow to watch the uh, mighty work it in Reds against Bootle and then uh hopefully seeing you at TNT on a Thursday. Um if, uh... It took Scotty to Watty to get me to another Brit Rush. See the way I'm live in person. I'm not missing that. Matty's very excited as well. Wow, I'm sure he is. Again, does it, our bear's Catholic? I mean, that bloke. Of course, he'd be fucking loving Scotty to Watty turning up in TNT. His <laughs> life would have led him to this moment, and there'll be a photo taken. And no, Matty will not be paying a penny for it, no matter how much <laughs> Scotty has any intentions of charging him. He'll get that photo. <laughs> oh, <sure. laughs> Oh, look forward to the uh, yeah. Look forward to the aftermath with uh, Matty and Scotty when he's uh, wandering about the place. That'll be a that'll be good value. <laughs> but uh, yes, Definitely. in other news, uh, lost my smile, lads. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely again, JP. Did you get a fight with some sailors? <laughs> Fortunately not. Fortunately, didn't get my uh, head kicked in by seven thousand sailors. Uh, or, the number increasing, but yes, unfortunately, uh, this is uh, this is going to be my last episode as a regular um, regular on Spotlight. Um, just 
talk about Big Tone before and the amount he's got on his plate. Well, uh, I, I can empathise. Uh, yeah, I've, uh, I suppose real life job. I've ended up uh, taking a uh, taking a bigger stake in the uh, business that I run there. So that I've got a bit more commitment to that. Uh, podcast something that um, obviously takes up a hell of a lot of time with the patron side of things as well. With um, I don't know. Conservatively, fifteen hours a week, probably minimum that we put into. Depends whether me or JP are on one in that given week. Put, put, in, put, put into this, and uh, obviously having um, the actual app as the other side hustle um, as as well. Really, um, the apps, you know, one that's um, I don't know, fallen by the wayside a little bit, probably in the last uh, six to twelve months, um, where. Yeah, I could have been doing more with it, should be doing more with it, because at the end of the day, I got into it for um, Grapple is the app. It's uh, I was never uh, never intent to do any podcasting, and um, definitely while it's something that um, I've, uh, I've loved, I still love, it's just not enough hours in the week for me, and I think I could skirt by when it was a pandemic and there wasn't much going on and you didn't need to have a social life either because you didn't leave the house and <laughs> things yeah, like that right. work was a bit quieter and you know there was less probably stuff going on with the with with grapple um with the app as well probably at that time it was easy to juggle but yeah it's just not uh not not sustainable really uh for me at this point so um so yeah unfortunately it's gonna be the last uh the last one. So sorry uh, for this to happen to you again, Benno, with uh, Martin uh, doing the uh, do, uh, announcing this <laughs> the same on PW, uh, PWE as well. I mean, um, well, you, you, you can look forward. To... Yeah, I was going to say you can you can look forward to the uh, British grappling experience with me, Joe Lennon, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Martin Bushby um, <laughs> live every Fucking Monday night. Uh, pay, Patreon tier, um, four pound, six pound fifty, and uh, just uh, <laughs> undercut, undercut and by a That would be genuinely very funny if you did that. I'd be like, fair play, bastards, but fair play. We just proven no. Briley right at this point, like Liam says. There's Brit Res podcast are actually dead. I think it's like we're not a Brit Res podcast. We don't count. But yeah, <laughs> we did all this on purpose, didn't we? It was all bleeding into this. It was all planned. That's the show title was because we knew all this was uh, coming with yeah. uh, with with everything that came to came to pass yeah. there. But no, nah, I, I think. I just want to say that I've just I've absolutely I've, I've I've loved it. It was a bit daunting at first taking over from Joe because obviously Joe was such a big personality, and you know I was bleeding into the show at that point. Anyway, you were kind of getting me on as the fourth man here and there every now and again. There was definitely no intention for it to become a weekly thing. If I'm honest, probably after we had that night where Joe called a quits, I was thinking, well, I'll fill in for three months and Joe will be back in three months and it will all be all right. <laughs> and then um, yeah. obviously that never came to pass, and suddenly we're. Uh, 18 yeah. months, two years down the line, and um, and we're here. But uh, I mean, I've I've I've, I've loved it. Loved, loved every minute. I've been able to, obviously, um, you know, it's just been great having the chat and the crack with the you know, patrons in the chat every week. Like coming on here, absolutely, you know, laughing my head off. I've been able to meet plenty of people that they were, you know, patrons and listeners of shows, live shows, and that, and have a laugh with them. And just it's been great to have people come up and say they love the, you know, the the, the love of the show and things. Been able to do some stuff like um, I don't know, just recording with Alan Farrell. Like that was just mm. awesome for me. Like that's what a buzz, what a kick that is for me. Like sitting back on them shows, like I absolutely love that because like he's just bloody great. And then you know recording with wh and stuff that's been a absolute pleasure too so you know that's uh you know some some real good stuff about it but mostly just you know 
been able to bloody have a chat with you two like every single week, you know, twice a week. So I think it's been mm. got me through the pandemic, got me through the lockdown. Absolutely. It was like highlight of my week every week coming on and speaking to you two. And, um, you know, I don't, you know, don't, it's very rare you get to kind of socialize with your friends that much, never mind socialize with them to talk about wrestling. And it's, uh, it's uh, been something that I've valued, absolutely loved so much, had a bloody great time doing it all. And, um, yeah, won't be totally the end. I'll pop up every yeah. now and again. You might hear me yeah. once a month or, you know, mm. once every two months, maybe. Is this like. a Cody retirement? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> back next week. When, when, my lef- <laughs> when my leverage is gone. Um, no. I'll, I'll be back. But but no, nah, it, it's, it's you know, it's it's just the, the timing's right. And like I say, it'll be good to just uh, keep my uh, keep my toe in the water, do a few, do a few things. Uh, but I think... Um, you know, I'm under no illusions. It's it's your bloody podcast. You've built it. You've got you know got it to where it is, and you know you know it's hopefully I've given some enjoyment in some areas to some people by being on been on here with uh, different uh, elements. But it's um, yeah, it's you know at the end of the day, it was uh, it's 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 always been your thing. I've kind of I feel like sort of chipped in and helped out, and um, you know I listen to the weekend show and things like that, and you know you know you. Uh, the pair of you absolutely kill it with the weekend show and it doesn't, you know, nothing misses a step or anything like that. So it's, uh, it's, I'm sure this is going to carry on and hopefully it just gives more opportunity to get the likes of Matty involved, who's obviously bloody hilarious to listen to. Alan, obviously getting him involved and other people and things just opens the door for a bit, a bit more variety and oh. stuff, hopefully, which, um, which will be good to listen to. And um, yeah. Matty what a show to go out on. He's already on WhatsApp. Matty already smells the money, mate. He's already been watching the, uh, the Patreon. Um, no, like, I, I've got to say, like, honestly, like... <laughs> yeah. And if you want to hear his top five crisps, there might be a show for you this week. Uh, but no, obviously, like, and I'm sure JP will say the same, you know, obviously we can joke about, you know, why does everyone keep breaking up with us, JP? But, you know, we, uh, we totally get it. And, oh, you yeah. know, me and JP are like, we're idiots. Like, you know, we, we we definitely like, you know, we need a grown up in the room a lot of the time to stop us because otherwise we will do 400 podcasts a week. And I won't speak to JP's situation because JP is a lot more busy in his life than I am. But I, you know, I, I do, I have the fortunate, you know, office job where I can get a lot of this podcast done and I get a lot done. And we've always kind of almost felt bad being like, yeah, we're going to, Gareth, you fancy doing this third podcast this week? Or how about the, you've just got to watch all this, right? Basically, you've got to watch the entirety of Brian Danielson's ROH run in the next 24 hours so that we can podcast about it. Like, you know, the fact that you like, you know, you kept our, our schedule up, you know, said Everton. And I think JP will say the same. Like when, you know, when Joe left, we it was a struggle for the podcast to, kind of keep going and you know Steph helped out and you know but you know you especially you know helped out and you know having you there as like their chair stopped it from being you know just a depressing kind of fuck you know me and JP and yeah. being gutted and you know just having just having you there really really made all the difference and like I know from just seeing the comments in the uh, in the Patreon chat right now what a difference you made to the podcast and yeah. like how many people are really into what you brought and I think you do don't shouldn't you, know, you should Big yourself up because you know, as far as like match analysis and the the detail of of Just matches say, and that kind of breakdown, like you know, second to none. And you know, our, yeah. our patrons, you know, love you for it. And 
we're going to be doing our best to keep you in the mix as much as we can, you know. And obviously, if that's once a month, that's every couple of months. More to do, you know. Well, yeah, we'll be like, <laughs> there might be a reason we did that to be CW Nitro month one last week because yeah. now we're like one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. JP, should we, uh, you know, <laughs> Rick Rude five to one? <laughs> yeah, followed by, by, by the best of Bret Hart volumes one to seventy four. So uh, that's this week, lads. Is it? <laughs> but it is it is different because obviously yeah. you know you're wearing your grapple t-shirt right now you are grapple you know so you know you'll still be in the mix and you know part of everything yeah. we do the fabric of everything we do and i think we need that don't we jp we need that uh that's that grown-up voice in the room oh. sometimes which is uh, oh god Karen yeah is. oh absolutely because you're not getting that grown-up voice from me but no i <laughs> echo all of those thoughts and then some as well and i think you know mm. like i say like i've it's i'm obviously sad but uh, at the same time, it's not like you're disappearing off the face of the earth. I fucking hope he's not laying the grey. You're not going away. Frank, effectively, <laughs> I'll be looking at Everton's fixture list and I'll be going, right, just make sure I'm free and go, oh, we're, we're talking, you know, going to talk uh, War Games 92 like that and just sort of throw that into the mix. <laughs> what, see if you can say no. But yeah, no, uh, completely understandable. Like, obviously, we know like from that that kind of, Per like personal perspective of like how much time this takes up and and everything else. So it's it, you're going to be you know sorely missed on the week to week basis. But as you say, you're not going going away forever. Um, mm. But yeah, um, you've been amazing. And I say the match analysis. Like I'm kind of fucked now because if you're expecting <laughs> that kind of breakdown again, I think from me and Benno, I good luck. That's all I'll say, because you'll get like some hazy. I was quite often like need Gareth to do that, but yeah, um, it, it, you know. Um, yeah. Sorry, I'm just reading up the comments and just seeing Alan saying, "Is this because of Noah being shit?" Fucking is that one? <laughs> it, it might have contributed as well. <laughs> that was there was it. A, there was a percent. There was a two percent of that, definitely. <laughs> Oh, but no, like as Alan always says, you know, like say, unique voice in podcast, and we always got a, yeah. an honest take out of it. And like I say, we'll be leaning on that, hopefully, and, and getting you still in the mix. But you know, we will, like, like you said, you know, we're getting getting more voices in the mix as far as like guest yeah. spots on the uh, on the main show. Like I say, Matty will be involved. You know, we've got a couple of great uh, guests we've kind of got lined up uh, coming up, and yeah, obviously uh, yourself as well as uh, as much as we can. But yeah, we will definitely miss you. And yeah, I'm sure I'll be doing a podcast like this in a couple of days on VW as well. I don't know, you know. But but on that note, we can now treat leads as it's the big send off. That's what it is. That's what's happening. So don't get plugged in. Brit Rest Podcasting. Yeah, it's the big send off. Who knew? <laughs> it's as dead as the promotions we cover. What are you gonna do? But yeah, you know, everyone, buy, everyone should buy Gareth a drink. I want to see. I want to. I want to see how wasted yeah. Gareth now on this. Uh, on this lead. It's, it's a big going away, uh, party, mate. Ask Andy Perish. and Jeff and Chris Linney. Oh. <laughs> 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 they can see how wasted I'm as they carry me down the road. <laughs> so yeah, big big knees up in uh, in your uh, in your honour at that point. Yeah. But uh, like I say, we'll uh, we'll keep you in the uh, in the mix as much as we can. So while we got you on today, you know these big uh, that was the original plan to get you on for the big AW pay per views. So you're not getting away with that. But we'll uh, you know we'll uh, we'll be doing our yeah. best. But yeah, um, 
Oh, well, no, yeah. just thanks, everyone. There's some nice comments in the chat there. That's nice to there read. Is. You know, like, mm. thanks for uh, yeah, you two there with your kind words as well. But um, sorry, I didn't mean that. to. I, I meant to keep that brief, and it's ended up in 10 minutes or something <laughs> like that. So, um, yeah, let's uh, let's talk about wrestling. Well, that's the way to end your I, podcast career, mate. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, do you, do you know the amount of things we've wasted 10 minutes on? On all of the, all of these shows as well, I would not be saying that that was a, that's a waste of time. Absolutely not. Uh, but yeah, obviously, well, yeah. send off for Gareth and Barton as well. Yeah, that'll be a, that'll be a laugh. But yeah, I mean, it it seems uh, crass to, to to go straight into plugs, but you know, as a plug, <laughs> we do have a. And this is the first. This is the first test. All business. Batty tomorrow. <laughs> are, you, are you busy, Gareth? Because we've got a great lineup for it. You know, we've got a got a poll out on the on the Patreon right now. You know, we've got a. Tag teams, uh, belts, angles, mic workers, or factions are going to be doing fire to one with uh, with Matty on. Angles is currently in the lead. Um, factions is uh, in second place, you know, but you might have some fun stuff on that. You know, got, uh, some more patrons have put some comments about uh, the other, and you can still get your votes in now, patrons. I'll, I'll leave the poll open till yeah, the end of this uh, this recording tonight. But some shouts in the air in the chat for us to talk our top five fast food items, top five chippy orders, top five Matty's nicknames for his mates. Top five cities, top five soft drinks. I, mean, I was going to say top five with. soft drinks. Well, you're up to between the hours of eight and uh, half two in the morning tomorrow. Right? <laughs> <laughs> if you'd said tag teams was winning the vote, I was, I was as soon as I heard the word tag teams, leave your voice there. I was like, oh. <laughs> I don't want to miss out on that. But <laughs> it's going to be like this every week now. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave angles. I'm just going to have to. And I'm going to need to be strict with my uh, with my time and my boundaries uh, here because uh, I know I'm going to unless you're saying to me that we're uh, we're watching fucking COVID nineteen invasion again or something like that. Then, uh, <laughs> Was that what did it? Push me over there. That, that, that's definitely that, that's definitely one of those where it's where, where your kids are like, "Come on, Dad, will you come and play with us?" And I'm, Sorry, I'm, <laughs> I just need to watch this. <laughs> I just need to watch this two-hour film <laughs> by, by seven o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to see the end. And I have to see the end, even if uh, Benno says you only need to see fifteen minutes of it. You know, <laughs> complete your complete study. Complete yeah, that's it. That's it. But no, that that obviously, like I say, the, the votes are still open. So yeah, if you want us to tempt Gareth, you know, tag teams. Uh, any 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 choices on what you think would be a uh, fun for our pre-show shot there, JP? Anything standing out for you at the minute? Um, what in in terms of the in terms of the poll? Yeah, soft drinks. You know, uh, I'm thinking so, items, soft orders. drinks. I like Andy's top five chippy orders. Is interesting. Mm. Um, it would be. I mean, I, I angles is the one that I personally like but if he's getting gareth on the tag teams fucking chuck him in there in that case <laughs> basically we could just do it as wcw tag like team worst, and really cut like gareth's an alcoholic i'm, gonna start, I'm, gonna, uh, I'm not saving him <laughs> i'm enabling to the bitter yeah. end just a little bit won't hurt mate <laughs> exactly it's only one night now, come on, you big softy. Go out and record. There we go. Time, time, time's right. Anyway, I don't drink fizzy drinks, and I'm a vegetarian, so the chip is generally just chips. <laughs> top five. Chips with which have, which, chips with which, haven't, which haven't been fried in beef fat or something like that. So there you go. There's my top five. <laughs>
there you go. Got it. Got the content anyway. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, we got that to uh, to look forward mm-hmm. to for uh, for patrons this week. And like I say, we'll have a. Uh, Lots of uh, guests in the uh, in the mix, and I mean, knowing you, me and you, JP, I think at this point it'll probably probably more patron stuff than less. We'll end up, we haven't got Gareth to tell us to tell us off for being idiots. Yeah. We'll have like we'll be podcasting twenty four hours a day now. I think I think that's going to kill this podcast. That we're going to just do too much. <laughs> we're going to just do daft shit as well, aren't we? And it's just going to start. <laughs> it's just going to get like kind of conceptual wrestling podcasts or something <laughs> like that. They're just like. Just fucking turn into experimental fucking pieces because and there's not a grown up in the room say stop doing that you daft cunt. Like, well, I, 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 I like. I, I just I just like the idea of this. It's like <laughs> like battle royale or something. Like who's gonna last? <laughs> like, yeah. As you tick it up and you get to like fifteen hours a day podcasting, like who'll be the first to go out of you two? I, I, I... Nah, mate. We're till death. Fight, fight, to, fight, fight, fight to the death, you two, isn't it? It really is. <laughs> I'm not well, getting I said this before. JP ever quits, I'm fucked. Like, I'm running out of people at this point. So, I think JP's with me, though. Until they bit around me, you know, another five years, I reckon. Easy. <laughs> I'm not getting away from Are we finally going to get the Cunts podcast? Quite possibly. I think we had a, when we did the, uh, what was the um, the show we did on Bad Boys, didn't we? Mm. With that, <laughs> yeah. with that hilarious um, Bucks. Bad Boys feels like it was underselling it. <laughs> yeah, it really was wasn't it that's an awful frame again oh, you could, could use that, that. books and huff there oh mate you, well, you, a little you are going to be doing that wcw in the year 2000 thing like i guarantee you that's one you are fucking doing and there's no getting out of that <laughs> oh yeah i'm, I'm on board there you it's go. on the diary <laughs> Awesome. Well, yeah, on, on that note, then, like I say, yeah, Patreon for the usual stuff, JP's daily updates, uh, weekend shows, uh, all of that stuff uh, will continue. But in the meantime, we've got you here, Gareth. So, uh, you know, big AW pay-per-view week. Shall we, uh, shall we talk the, uh, the pay-per-view from last night? I'm still... Uh, no, I'm done. Just... See ya. <laughs> <That's your answer>. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking stay there till four in the morning, mate. We're going to do it like we, uh, <laughs> like we always do. Give, give you one more uh, big send-off and... <laughs> Fuck me, that's what time I think. Like last, oh, last night, like, Sarah I don't walks know what... in, rain, tears in her eyes, staring at me, staring at us two on a screen, head in hand. <laughs> Fucking told you this is why you need to stop doing. It. I'm sorry, I'm putting oh, that pug, that pay per view last night. Though, I saw you on, on Twitter, Gareth, kind of saying like this next match needs to be like you know what did you say? Do we see the squash levels? Like oh like, no, a... no, it was Skinner Owen Hart. They needed that to was tell it. <laughs> Tell tell them you've got a minute because fuck me, I was struggling at that point. As good as it was, like, yeah, oh yeah, unbelievable. Like Sunday night, you know, Sunday night pay per views at that time, yeah. like fucking hell. Especially when I you're was... trying to be, especially when you're trying to upload the app and be a smart ass on Twitter as well at the same time. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can do more of that. You can uh, you can take over my uh, my role on Twitter, mate. I'll give you the. Oh, what, uh... I haven't got the balls for that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, my, my time. You might not not realize this, but my, my notifications were pretty busy last night at a few points during the night. But fuck me, like last night, I was up until like about nine in the morning. I was telling JP in the free show purely because I was watching like the post scrum and stuff like that. And then it just got to the point where I was like, oh, fuck it. Like, I might as well just take the day off where I end up sleeping the entirety of uh, today. This is uh, this is what a big AW pay per view weekend will. Uh, it'll do for you but yeah it was uh it was one of them it's, it's dead frustrating you go on like twitter and there's like 
Americans complaining like, "Oh, it's ridiculous! This show's running late." It's like, mate, it's quarter twelve in like New York time. The show hadn't even started for us at quarter to twelve. Like, we're still waiting an hour before it even fucking kicked off. You know, like, don't know the born these Americans. Oh, JP's the wise one among us, though. I think you uh, you went to bed, didn't you, mate? I know. I watched this morning. It's just gonna work. It, that's the only reason why. Um, I'd say that watching a film on Sky called Old. Which is weird, quite funny and bad. Sorry, I didn't mean to get sidetracked with that. But the thing with mm. like this is this is why there wasn't a, a daily update this morning. I kind of want to watch it unspoiled. So when I was up from like six, I like watched mm. this in kind of like two blocks, sort of before mm. work and after work for it. But yeah, I can't do that. I, I also don't understand like Saturday night pay per views are better. They're like better if you think of the party bar aspect because there isn't, mm. you know, Monday to follow um it doesn't like it feels like a good way of spending your night the idea of spending your night watching a big pay-per-view people do that for boxing all of the time the sunday stuff feels like it's a wwf wwe tradition that seems to have always kind of stuck there but i don't i'm not a believer that it actually does a whole lot in terms of your pay-per-view buy rates i don't think there is that all oh, people go out on saturday i think when it comes to how people spend their money if it's a good show they'll do it and if they can split the cost by having a few other people around and having it making a you know kind of a a do of it then you know it's why the things like your watch alongs and the rest of it they're going to do much better if it's you know you're doing it on the saturday as opposed to sunday what with with work and the rest of it so like i, I I'm, I'm more of a proponent of these saturday night pay-per-views because then i'll be willing to stay up for them it's just that well, i'm up for six in the morning no is, is this a um? Is it a, is it a regular thing that they've done? Because I, I think yeah. one of the recent ones they changed to 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 Sunday. I was thinking there's obviously the UFC was this weekend, wasn't it? Like, are they now yeah. just saying they're on Sunday all the time, or is this just like the a next one? Double or nothing Sunday as well. Um, but I think I think that's a holiday weekend. That's America. a holiday week. It's that weird week. Labor Day weekend. And to be fair, I think on our end of the world, we get like we got like a long weekend that weekend because it's uh, the Queen's something or other we all have like the thursday friday off or something i think i think that's like week two yeah i think so maybe i've made that up i hope not someone tell me in the chat i'm counting on it anyway because i'm I'm for making that trip but (laughs) i just won't turn up for work but yeah when it when it's a holiday weekend i think that makes more sense but you know i'll make fun of them but even the yanks were complaining about this one you know once the once the show Mm. does run that late and it's a it's a sunday night it is like a kind of a, a bit of a it's a tough ask isn't it especially for the uh the people in uh, in our side of the world as much fun you know as they still i'm watching it oh yeah it, it just like again it, it just became again you're watching stuff that you're really enjoying but like say that mm-hmm. danielson moxley match you know, i've had to re-watch that today and I, I i enjoyed it like 10 times more than i enjoyed it live in the moment as i'm sitting there like struggling to keep my eyes open and just feeling jaded from having just like sat there for however many hours at, at, at that point as as well i think there's um i don't know there's, there definitely is a sweet spot that needs to be uh needs to be hit in terms of just mm-hmm. i don't know scaling back the amount of time that's on, that's on a, a show that you don't sort of lose the uh you know, lose the audience too much. But at the end of the day, you turn around and you look at how many matches on this card. You know, mm. I, made, I think I made the point on Twitter earlier the, the the amount of them that are like three and a half stars or higher on the app, and there's just like fucking yeah. eight matches in that time period that are three and a half star or higher. So, you know, the, mm. you know, which, who do you cut, kind of thing. And at the end of the day, as a, a standalone something to to watch, great product, start to end. 
Well, on that point, like they did, you know, as we thought we got into the pay per view, they did cut when it seemed like that it was the case. The uh, the Sammy Guevara, uh, Derby, uh, Andrade, uh, three away from Rampage, like that. I mean, at the, at the point when you better pay per view is stacked as this, I kind of understand that logic. And you know, the, I was maybe grumbling in the preview about the, the six man they replaced it with, although I won't be doing much grumbling when we get to talking about that match because I fucking loved it, uh, in the end, but. I better just yeah, a quick shout out. Obviously, not worth uh, giving the uh, rampage the old full review at this point, but love that three way on rampage. You know, yeah, that was uh, what such a fucking awesome opening match to go in. It would have fit perfectly in, into this pay per view, but uh, that is one element of it I enjoyed that they kind of you know saved that for rampage, threw it on there, and oh, the three lads absolutely tore the house down in what was like a really really fun addition to rampage on it uh, on Friday. Oh yeah, definitely. That was that was one of them, you know, matches where again in like previous weeks you talk about having that ability to put like just high end stuff like that on TV, and you know, again, I sound like a broken record, and I sound like a broken record saying that line as well every week. But it's like where you've just been starved of so much stuff like that from your TV wrestling that the fact that they can put a three way pay per view quality match out there like that that's you know and stick it on rampage as well you know it's certainly like just left you going away from watching that show as a whole you know just upbeat about what's to come rather whereas some of the go home stuff's been a bit of a wet fart in you know previous uh previous times as well but yeah that was a, a beast of a match that i've got no notes on because i didn't expect that we were going to be talking about it <laughs> that's <laughs> and... not, to give it credit it was good you know <laughs> That's a good match, you know. Look at you, this, folks. There won't, there won't be any elbow breakdowns in uh, in match reviews anymore. Garrett's got it'll just be me and JP going, it's good, won it? And JP will go, yeah, and I'll go, yeah. <laughs> we'll move on. <laughs> JP, you mute me. Yeah, I'll be winging it more often than not, and you'll see more errors like me muting myself on a, on a <laughs> basis, which will just lead to uncomfortable silence. But it was a good match, too, but... that one from Rampage. Yeah, I've got really like Gav, nothing more to add to it. <laughs> I just thought it was a good episode, you know, the, the punk promo, you know, covered in blood coming off the uh, off, 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 off a dynamite with the two doctors strangely staring at the camera behind them like they were a henchmen. It was a little bit weird, but, you know, the promo itself was fucking awesome. So, you know, <laughs> but um, it's like fun hour of, uh, of TV this week's Rampage to go into this. But speaking of fun hours, um, Mention first, probably talk it again with so much to get through, probably talk it in broad strokes, the uh, the buy-in um, from this show. I thought this was a particularly good buy-in. And yes, mm-hmm. you know, as we go on, but there will be, you know, the, we will be talking about the length of this show and, you know, our favourite subject about uh, card layouts and things like that, as much as we will be raving, I'm sure, about the majority of, the, of this show. But, you know, it is another hour of uh, of content, but fucking great hour this time around like i really really enjoy it. i thought this was by far the best buy-in like compare this to the buy-ins they were doing at the start when you had fucking no legs and like a clown and somebody on a unicycle and like you know fucking librarians turning up and like whatever the fuck they were doing on those first few buy-ins night and day to this like you give me a buy-in with you know layla hirsch and chris statlander which was for my money like i just have a fun match where it felt like they were literally trying to kill each other at certain points. Like, mm. I don't know if they were just botching or what, but like, they were, oof, it was a, it was awesome, quite the, uh, the stiff uh, match. There were a couple of really uh, nasty looking spots, but I kind of like enjoyed that about it. You know, Hook and QT Marshall was a, I think an inspired choice to, to throw on the pre show. There's an argument for putting Hook on pay per view, but I kind of liked the idea of, you know, building them up to pay per view and, you know, the, the House of Black, uh, Pac Penter and, you know, Eric Redbeard, which probably was my one negative from from Rampage, was the introduction of 
uh, Redbeard, as much as a, a nice story as it is, it was kind of like oh, another new face and it's fucking Eric Rowan. They went out there and had a fucking banger. Like, this thing was fucking yeah. great. Like, I was tweeting, like, is, am I watching a PWG show? Because it was, you know, that kind of, like, big indie, you know, spot first match, but, you know, with logic to it. And they went out there and tore the fucking house down. Like, this was as good as a lot of the stuff on the pay-per-view. And I can't stand off the wrestlers in the match. So, like, the fact that, you know, they managed to drive, I think I gave it 3.75 on the app as a, a main event. Like, as far as, like, just a rounded out, like, pre-show goes, as far as, like, a show that goes, is making you excited for the rest of what's to come with, you know, a molten crowd and, you know, like I say, three very good matches. I just thought this was a perfect bit of work and just a perfect lead into uh, to the main show. You, most of these pre-shows have, have often been with them that they'll basically replay the countdown show for the first half and then they'll have one match. That's kind of mm-hmm. what they were doing. And there would be kind of pre-match stuff, but they were like, I, you know, they fit three three matches into the hour. Like I said, that last match, that's the best I've ever seen Eric Rowan. I just didn't know he had kind of that level of performance in, in there. When he was in there with Brody King, it was great. Um thought Buddy... Buddy Matthews, the old Buddy Murphy, I thought, like, he looked fucking great as well. I just didn't expect it. And, and you know, I don't like the Pentera scorer. I'm not mad about Pac being in debt, trying all of those kind of issues. When you're watching a match like this, it's just a hell of a lot of fun. And for the other stuff, well, the thing you notice for all of these, all all of these, these are buy-in matches, all of them had storylines. Some way, shape or form, there was a storyline, mm. there was a reason for these matches to actually exist. Now, you're going to hear a lot, like, compared with, like, a WWE card. Like, how many matches? There's going to be matches at WrestleMania that there's no reason for them to exist. There'll be, like, some sort of, like, kind of the most basic of storytelling. But more often than not, it's just sort of stuff for stuff happening. But as a buy-in to try and get you to see the show, the fact that you put Hook on there as well and you hear the, the crowd reaction, that's exactly what it should have been. Um, You know, there's stuff on there that it got the crowd hot. Because this stuff mm. didn't overstay its welcome and it was fun and then it disappeared. Um, yeah, and I'd actually like to give a big shout out to this crowd because they stayed a lot, considering how much wrestling they watch, they stayed like pretty fucking damn hot, even like until the, the very end as well. But as a buy-in, you want to entice people to buy the pay-per-view. This is going to do the job. If you're watching this and you're going, well, this is the pre-show. This is the stuff they're giving away. For f- this is the stuff they're willing to give away for free. You'd like to think it would convert a few more people into buying the pay-per-view. Yeah, I can only just echo all them thoughts, really. Like, the for me, that Leila Hirsch-Statlander match, you know, I think I've gone three stars on that. Like, mm. like it's, you know, it's the first match they want to buy in kind of thing. And it's, th- it's you mm. know, it's three stars. That's like a good, that's a good rate, a good rating kind of, you know, yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed this match. And like you say about like the storyline side of things, you know, I talked on, on this show a few weeks ago about the amount that AEW's actually got going on in the women's division in terms of just like little feuds that they've got just drip through like uh, underneath. There's, there's a lot going in and like, it's almost become a bit like cliche to be like, yeah, AEW and the women's division and people like go on about they're fucking creating stories all over the place and they're, they're, they're creating good matches and good wrestlers. Like I, I think Statlander's fucking superb. Like I just think she delivers every time and especially since she came back from her injury, I think she's absolutely looked great. She just feels like she just gets 
better and better for me. And like Layla Hirsch is somebody who I've not been as high on as like yous in, in, in the past. I think she's still got a lot of holes in her game that she needs to improve and things, but she is, she's heading in the right direction as well. And, you know, again, it's something here where the aggression that she had in this match, you know, where she was like going after Statlander's arm and that, I was fucking loving it. Mm. I was right. I was right there with it. And it's like, here you go. Like two years ago, this was, Fucking Peter Avalon and bloody blue pants, wasn't it? You know, doing yeah. coming out and telling people to shut up. And like, hey, you've just got this real quality, aggressive women's division match going on that just had a lot of juice in it. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed every every minute of that. And I mean, I'm not as high on the the six man. It was good for me. It was like three point two five good. It was it was it was enjoyable. It was. I saw people going much higher on the app and, and and things like that. But again. However, was Eric Redbeard with that crowd? Like they fucking loved him. Like, and to be fair to the lad, he came out and he performed, didn't he? He looked like a different. He looked like an entirely different wrestler altogether. The way he mm. worked that match, and you know the stu- like you know the stuff that he did with with Brody King. I think the the different combinations that you got with the smaller you know, other lads, the other four lads mixing up there, they all like put on something pretty um, pretty unique and different there. And, it, and 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 again, it just kind of just they almost like created this sort of tempo and tone that it just it just sort of set things off on the right foot that you were kind of like it was like right the pay-per-view's starting now and you're like fucking mm. hell like that we've just had an awesome hour and and now the good stuff's coming kind of thing so it just like really really put you like in the in the, in the right mood for it but um yeah i'll tell you what I... old uh, old fucking malachi needs to uh needs to i said this on twitter yesterday but malachi needs to lay off the fucking fake tan doesn't fit his gimmick <laughs> at all like god he looks you know talk about that black shit on his face that's fucking growing and taking over his face <laughs> he's turning into the fucking i don't know you're maybe a bit young for this ben ojp you might remember it the fucking curious orange on this morning with Richard, not Judy, is fucking turning into that. The bloody colour on his legs. So I was thinking, you're supposed to be a fucking, you're supposed to be a fucking goth, goth. satanist kind of thing. And like, well, here you are looking like you fucking get ready for a weekend in Falaraki or something like. It just like, fucking, <laughs> like lay lay off it, mate. It fucking doesn't go with the look at all. And um, old uh, old buddy needs some tattoos as well. Your mate buddy. Oh, buddy, yeah. like, how can you, like, they are like a Game of Thrones Satanist goth cult, and one of the members is just called Buddy. Like, <laughs> he should be an elf. Like, why is he, why is he hanging around, like, two, these two bearded tattoo cunts? Like, why? What? Like, for a brat, like, I would have fit better. Like, but then I suppose it's a bit too wire family, but yeah, that's a that's a weird one. Like, I, I'm, like, for me, like, yeah, I agree with, you know, they do come across. Because this is this it's funny. This match, I hate. Like I love Rampage as an hour. Nothing but good things to say about the Punk promo. Or, like say the opening match and even the main event, despite Christian being in it, I had a great time. The thing I hated on Rampage was the angle to set this match up because it had so many of like the worst elements of AW for me, like House of Blacks, mystical Bray Wyatt adjacent garbage, which I just don't enjoy. You got Alex Abrahentes out there dressed like you know a fourteen year old who's too big for Halloween, dressed up as Dracula, like awful, absolutely awful. Like I can't stand them. Pentagon used to be literally my favorite wrestler. If you ask my favorite wrestler at one point. With the Pentagon, sick of seeing the cunt. I can't, I just can't be asked with this zero made in and, and all of his stuff. But what's changed other than his other than his like nothing left, left his fucking joker suit in a laundrette somewhere? Like, nothing has changed, <laughs> yeah. has it? There is literally no nothing. change to his character at all. Like, 
pointless. He's, he's dressed in black. He's... he's dressed in black. That's it. This is not Pentagon Dark of like Lucha Underground fame. And like you say, you got a knobhead dressed in fancy dress just chasing them around, which. <laughs> You know, I hate to be that message board guy, but I fucking hated them when he first joined yeah. them. Like the Penta says stuff, and I just it, it never fit, and it was funny for a few weeks, but that doesn't mean I mean he's still with him now, he's still stinking mm. up the joint, and I hate that too. So I'm, I'm listening to all these things I hate, and then I just fucking loved it. Like it was just you know, like you say, a perfect main event. I had to eat some crow on a on a on a build. I really hate, I really hated. You know, I hate the the sideline and the pack. Like how many people come out and talk mm. about was like the best wrestler in AEW. And like I say, you know, Alex, even even from a talking point of view, why is Alex doing the talking when Pac stood right there? Like, you know, all of that aside, though, they still went out there and had a banger of a match and, you know, reminded you how good, you know, a lot of the, the talent is in this match, despite some of the presentations. So, yeah, mm. I was as shocked as anyone to go 3.75 on this, but it was fucking great for what it was. I split the difference. I went three and a half. Mm. I think I went like two and a, I think I went. 2.75 for the opener went two and a half for the, the hook match. The end, I went three and a half for that. I did wonder why Penner had come out with Darth Maul. They hadn't uh, <laughs> explained. So it was like, all right, it's a weird Phantom Menace reference that no one else will get. And it just kind of summed it up, really, isn't it? You know, mm. like all of those, and I, I'm completely with you, all of those bits, I just don't like, I never liked it. Death Triangle just felt like a weird fit anyway as a group. Just felt like pack mm. tagged on to them, partly because of COVID. And, you know, they seem to have gone down that route now with, you know, with Phoenix being injured. They're putting Penta into that scene. You know, he did have that little touch of Cody Rhodes and it appeared to have completely derailed whatever singles push he was going to be getting at some point. But yeah, this isn't the Pentagon Junior from bloody Lucha Underground, which is fundamentally the version I want. I don't know if you're the same way, Benno. That's the, the version of... Yeah, he's gone. He's absolutely gone at this point. He's and, a yeah. and he does well, because, I mean, he killed himself in the Indies. He'd be making good coin in AEW. I kind of get those types of, of things for it. It doesn't mean it's entertaining necessarily to watch. However, when it comes to wild, wacky matches like this, and he wasn't the only one of those that delivered tonight, um, you know, it, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Much better than any... Watch WWE pre-show. Watch this mm. pre-show. And try and tell me the WWE one's better. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And it was great. It was a great way to set the crowd up. Don't know if I totally agree with what you said before, JP, about the crowd being great all night, because I think they did get burned out in the end. We'll get to that. But mm, one person who yeah. one person who did get burned out by the end, and we were talking about this throughout the show, was uh, was good old JR, who uh, introduced the show at this point and... 30 seconds, not even 30 seconds into the show, forgot where they were. Um, and I asked Tony Schiavone if they were in Miami. So great start for JR and the, uh, the night would, uh, would go on like that. But like I said, this hot crowd did, at least for this part of the show, uh, continue because then we, we went straight into our hot opener. And I was floored by how good this was. Like Chris Jericho, Eddie Kingston. You name me a better Chris Jericho match in the last five years, and I don't think, yes. I, you know, I don't think that's an exaggeration. Certainly not in AEW, because they went out from the moment Eddie Kingston dropped Chris Jericho on his head, and I'll be honest, I was jumping up, up and down on my couch and very much yeah. in, enjoying that moment when that happens. But like from that moment on, like what the fuck happened there? How good was this? Like they just went out there and absolutely killed it. Like I don't, and I can't. I want to say it was an Eddie Kingston match, but Jericho for his part, absolutely, you know, you know, with the with the dropping of the weight and you know, with just maybe a little bit more motivation was every bit there with Eddie Kingston. There was a couple of gnarly looking suplexes that he gave Kingston as well. There was a lot of a, it was like he'd been watching his uh, his all Japan tapes as well. And 
for a feud that I've characterized as, you know, a, a knockoff imitation of Punk Kingston, they went out there and had a match that was, for me, for my money, almost as good as Punk Kingston. And I, I know some people have, have rated it even higher. Like, this blew me away as an opener and set the tone so well for the night. Molten crowd, the right result as well, which we can get into, and just just two lads beating the shit out of each other. And I'm happy when that happens. Oh, me too. And like the like you talk about like the first thing with that sort of head drop suplex, like right away, almost just like setting things off. Just the way Eddie came to the ring. He was just all business, right down that ramp, focus kind of thing. Like, oh, and I was so just good. just just watching him just walk down the aisle. I was like, yes, here we fucking go, kind of thing. Like, and nothing had happened yet, but you just knew you just see it in his face, see it in his walk. Uh, like you, you just knew knew we were fucking rolling with it with this and like again with that that head drop suplex right at the way you you were just like there you go in ten seconds here you've established that this is a fucking fight and it like right away nice and early and that's what we got didn't we we just got these two just going out there and just going at each other and you know all, lots of stuff that like you know. I just love like the finger pokes to the eye from Eddie, just like biting Jericho's head and all that. Like this is where there where there is supposed to be this like level of heat and t- like tension, hatred between people. Like that's what you want. That's what people would be doing, kind of thing in this scenario where you have got that needle between each other and you know little you know those th- those types of little things. I don't know why this is an example that's came into my head, but it's like when you see like a show and you and they've split up and had all this stuff and then they just go out there and just have like a kind of half-paced wrestling match sort of thing. And you're like, no, you're supposed to hate each other. Like, you know, mm. where's the hatreds, you know, kind of thing. And this just, just, just had that, that in, that in spades, you know, a lot of the, a uh, lot of just like the little reversals of them just doing each other's different moves and, and that. And I know Jericho can get some, a lot of stick on this show, Primarily because of his like commentary on Rampage, but like the nick he was in, he, was, he looked fucking yeah. fantastic, and it was just great. Like I, I'm a big fan of Chris Jericho, the wrestler. You know, he's been one of my. I, can't, I must. I can't remember. I probably had him in that top five when we did that on the Patreon of like your top five wrestlers of all all time. Jericho would uh, on, on that list. He, you know, when he's in this, he's motivated. He's in shape. He's a fucking good. He can, he can, he's a fucking good wrestler. Even at this age, he can change his different styles to match different opponents and things like that. And like, boy, did he do that here! Like, and and again at the end there, where again I think you were talking on the weekend show about like or what mindset you know this idea that Eddie has to win and is Jericho going to give him it and stuff like that. Jericho couldn't have put him over any more or better than he did in 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 this. He like bumped loads for him he made him look a million dollars in in different situations just like the crowd work the way jericho changed some of his crowd work got people behind kingston more and things like that like you know i know there's a lot of eddie kingston love out there but jericho has to take some plaudits for for this as well because he was absolutely on his game uh, on 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 this show and yeah loved loved every minute of this yeah without repeating a lot of the the same stuff yeah completely agree i mean i was one of the people who was it was i was skeptical that jericho was going to end up putting over eddie kingston and he was absolutely clean um the thing they got right and this is another thing they took away from the cm punk feud was just having that kind of shock start because it was the spinning back fist last time against punk right at the beginning and it just set the tone and that half and half suplex just completely did it at that point and just astounded by the shape Jericho was in, like the, the Karana he delivered. And there was, you know, 
we've spoken a lot about old boys in Noah not doing the right thing. Well, fuck me, they've got some old boys in in AEW who were doing the right things tonight, and it was it was great. It feels like you know if this is where he's going to be going, and he isn't, and he's going to be in the sort of upper mid card. And while sort of phasing out to commentary with the chance of maybe one last kind of run before he he kind of isn't like an, an active wrestler. I think as a result of a match like this, I'm much more kind of like open to that idea. Whereas if you'd asked me that like a month ago, I was just like, I, I, I was sick of seeing him. He was on, he was in, incredibly overexposed and it feels like he's gone away. He's got himself into a bit of shape. He's, you know, they've, effectively split up the inner circle um and they've put over eddie you know eddie kingston gets put over and you see what that crowd is like for eddie kingston as well and, and he gets them hot he's like he's a, I don't, in the same way that the young bucks would be used to kind of like open up shows and set the tempo for a crowd eddie kingston can do that but he just doesn't have to do a million miles now to do it they just completely with him and like I say when you see him storm into the ring looking like he's gonna you know he's up for a fucking ruck yeah it's great i went four stars on it i think that's you know i could easily go 4.25 or yeah that's what i went i went four i went 4.25 on it which i always say is you know as high as i went all of last year for a lot of matches so you know that 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 tells you where i am on it I think, what's the average on grapple guy 4.08 is it you, uh, yeah 4.08 4. so yeah this is you know one that again bigger Big, big love out for, out there for it. I think it's. I went three point seven five second on the night. Nudged it up to four stars. You know myself on, 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 on looking at it again today. But again on that Jericho point as well. Just the whole, this whole like the refusal of the handshake at the end as well. Like you, you, you know how, you know, you know, Jericho. He has changed characters and things like that over the years with you know a reasonable amount of success I think when he's done it as well like I when it with that handshake refused at the end I was just thinking like the salty veteran here who's now got no mates who's fucking losing mm-hmm. kind of thing it's it's it, it's sort of thick with the ages and things like that it's a new role that he can play kind of thing now so I'm just you know I've literally gone away at the end of this match with intrigue about what Chris Jericho is going to do next when was the last time I could say that? Yeah. Like, you know, when he turned up in New Japan or when they did the first Inner Circle promos here? It's been a while kind of thing, but I do, I, do, I genuinely have because he's clearly got his eye on something when he's getting himself into that level of shape. He's clearly, in, he, there's, there's something, he, you know, it, I don't think he was getting, dropping all that weight and getting him into, himself into awesome shape just to have this pay-per-view match. Clearly there's plans, you know, afoot for, you know, something ahead as well. So, yeah. Look forward to seeing what it is. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and like I say, I'm shocked to to go as uh, as high as I did. And yeah, they, you know that they say they left it open ended there to to come back to something as well. Um, similar to kind of like the reverse of how Kingston Punk ended. So you know, we'll we'll see where they go next with it. But yeah, absolutely loved it. Set the tone for the night, and yeah, just just great violence and wasn't the uh, the last time we'll uh, we'll say that about uh, about matches tonight. But yeah, we went from there, and you know. Kind of hard to follow that. Um, when the Young Bucks came out with uh, with Red Dragon and then Jurassic Express came out for this uh, this second match, I did kind of think that's the spot. You know, it's, us- it's usually the other way around. Usually, uh, the Young Bucks will be uh, at a point in the card where everyone else kind of struggles to follow them. Second for like a, a really weird spot, um, but yeah, it, it worked because then they they came out there and then they killed it as well, and it really kept the pace going 
for the night. Um, I had a some negative to say about kind of the lead up to this match and you know the fact that Jurassic Express were the the odd ones out in this feud. Well, not even part of the feud, really. Really, it was uh, more about the Red Dragon and Young Bucks strife to the point where the champions were kind of sidelined in the uh, in the build to uh, to this one. But I think the the get out of jail free card was well. If they go over, it'll be fine. And they went over, and it was fine. Um, and yeah, they went off there and worked at a pace and did that classic you know young bucks uh spot match that maybe might not be for everyone but was perfect for this crowd to, to keep them going as, as a follow-up to to that opener um yeah you know they obviously told the story of whether the uh the books and uh and red dragon could kind of uh work together throughout it as well so they weave some some storytelling in there and yeah like i say the right results at the end i thought this was a another really really strong match and i think uh you know, as we get into the the depth of this card, there are definitely points where uh, matches struggle to follow the ones that came before them. And while I have this uh, a notch below it, maybe a, a three point seven five or or more or so range. Uh, I know the uh, the grapple average is uh, is trending even higher. So you know, it it did its job as uh, as match number two here. Yeah, I went three and a half. I probably wasn't as as high in it, but then as the proviso, I think at that point in time, I was like, right, I'm. I, getting ready to like leave the house when, when this was on but i was but like you say number two is a death slot i think there's things where on the whole we haven't really spoken about the match order so much stuff but this is the stuff that it seemed to work and get right because at least with this it was entirely different from the opener in terms of stylistically at least they didn't like it wasn't something kind of like samey that was following it there i was a bit surprised in the result and like you know as we'd spoken about wasn't mad about the build up there as well I'm probably, I don't know. I mean, I, they have a lot of tag teams. I'm probably not as enthusiastic about Jurassic Express as, as champions because I think there's, you know, in some way, unless they're going to Proud and Powerful next, is it still going to be sidelined by a Bucks-Red Dragon feud? Um, mm. Is that still going to be the thing that ends up taking over it? And then that can end up overshadowing the tag division. And I've got my notes here. I was like, actually, what they need is that serious, well-built feud. Like really, what they've done with the Bucks versus Page and Omega—that's like the high watermark of of how you do this. And it feels like that's a direction that I would prefer them to go in. I'm not as down on Lucha Express as as some people. I think they they always deliver, and they know how to deliver these kind of um, three way tags. And they're a hell of a lot of fun. Um, yeah, as with every kind of like most of the multi person matches, like there were a lot more. A lot more fun than what you'd kind of uh, imagine them to be. So yeah, I, I went I three and a half on this one. I think we're quite low on that because I'm just looking at the the average on Grapple Guy. It's four point one nine. Like that's sure. way higher than I would have guessed it would be. Oh wow, De- definitely. Well, I am three point seven five as well. And to me, I was mm-hmm. probably more in that three point five to three point seven five territory for me. Like it was, it was a fun match for where it was on the card there was a lot of action and things it wasn't necessarily my cup of tea in terms of like the the type of uh, match than it is but it definitely kind of kept the tempo of the show going after um, after the opener and you know sort of delivered and for a servant's purpose there i think they told a nice story through the match with them you know the books and red dragon not really touching really at first and then it becoming a bit more mm. breaking up the pins and that bit of tension building through and things like that that inevitably was was gonna was gonna happen like i quite enjoyed that but yeah got out there you know people 
you know properly enjoying this like it's higher average than the opener on the app which is pretty uh pretty surprising uh to to, to me yeah the result was surprising i just assumed yeah red dragon would take the belts uh, to be honest uh, and it moved things on to you know that particular feud obviously with the with the books i suppose there's there's more further down the, the line to come with that but i was i was really genuinely surprised when they got the uh got the three at the end it wasn't the result that i was expecting but again that's a good for me that's that's a good thing as well when when, when things like yeah. that things like that happen as well but um but yeah all in all fun match I certainly think, one that i wouldn't would be right now about the I think with a promotion with a bit more room, and this promotion does not have any room because we're going to get into another eight or so matches here. But you know, you, you always talk about like US tag belts and things like that. Like I would, like like with the women's division, you know, where people make the argument, well, should there, should there really be one on a show? You'd like to see the space for there to be, let's say, you know, Young Bucks, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish do their match, but then Jurassic Express are defended against like FTR or LAX or, or somebody like that elsewhere yes. on the cards, but. I mean, yeah, we're talking about a 10-match show with a three-match pre-show, so the chances of uh, making time for that were uh, were very unlikely here. But yeah. uh, ROH tag, uh, tag belts can replace those US tag belts now. We can get some of these younger, uh, younger lads Briscoe? down there and uh, get, yeah, get get them working with that with those as well. Bit of a um, bit of mm. um, movement between between the two. That'll be uh, that'll yeah. be cool to see some of your your private party and your. Yeah, yeah, Donnie mm-hmm. Martin, your, your top flight lads and things like that. Just been get them working with each other and have some purpose down in that that direction as well. I think it opens up a, a lot of scope and opportunity for that because, as you've seen with these battle royals on the last couple of shows that they've had, there's a mm-hmm. fucking lot of tag teams, that, and there's definitely you know there's a lot of quality uh, depth of quality uh, in the tag team division as well. Even when you go beyond books, FTR. Um, Red Dragon, etc. When if you take your top five out of the equation, there's still that kind of like second tier under there that are fucking good tag teams as well. So again, that's 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 in my own fantasy booking ROH world. That's that's the direction mm. I'd like to see. The only Ring of Honor tag team I want to see there is the original Kingdom. Hashtag not my Ring of Honor. Oh, so you're gonna say Ring Crew Express, mate? Uh, Carnage Crew, maybe? Not a fan. Oh well, um, <laughs> they'll get there. Well, at least I haven't gone to the Christopher Street connection and the most fucking <laughs> true. As when you when you were bringing up in your chat with Alan Farrell, as I was walking, we were there on Dynamite. Going, oh Christ! Oh. When Tony got in the ring and was like, "You know, guys, we're gonna uh, we're gonna do a match that's gonna uh, you know celebrate the twenty years of ROH," and then the Christopher Street connection walk out, that would have been a great moment for me. <laughs> Sadly, not. Uh, but we are we do seem to be building to FTR Briscoe, so that's interesting. That'll probably mm. be uh, taking place, I think, over WrestleMania weekend. So. Definitely, definitely room to uh, to do some crossover. But yeah, we went from that into our uh, face of the uh, revolution ladder match. And again, you know, big high spot match following a, a hard hitting match, hard mm. to follow. And I feel like, again, it, it definitely, at least at this early point in the cards, and maybe it became a problem because it was hot match, hot match, hot match um, without much uh, room to breathe. But this third hot match, at least at this point of the cards, worked again to follow it up. I thought I really enjoyed um this is a, a ladder match i enjoyed you know all the spots with the uh the big lads there was multiple parts where the match where wardlow looked very daft like kind of you know either like uh, there was one point where he was outright the only guy in the ring and he just just went out to fight with everyone else and like the ramp <laughs> there was a couple of mm-hmm. it was like okay well he's not smart and we've established that like uh, at least he won at the end you know if he hadn't won at the end you know i think i'll be very much criticizing the uh, the handling of some of these weird wardlow spots in the match but 
there was so much creativity in this. It's hard to do a ladder match in 2022 and come up with stuff. Half of it seems to involve Orange Cassidy, who again, yeah. you know, another wrestler I'm not a huge fan of when he's not got a, a you know an, an ant mask on. Um, I was a big fan of him as, as Fire Ant, but he was great in this one. There were low, like that point where he like he tried to climb up the the big lads to get to the top. That point where he pulled himself onto the ladder in a in a similar spot. There was a lot of really creative stuff um, in in this in this match. And yeah, you know, it's not often you you see fresh things in a ladder match. And it was for me another three point seven five star match that, that fit you know at least at this point in the card, or at least was able to to follow uh, what came before it. A result maybe. Seemed everyone was expecting Wardlow to go over. I thought maybe it, it seemed like a lot of storytelling to do in one night with Wardlow, with what what came later as well. I did think they'd go the uh, the Keith Lee route to uh, to jumpstart his uh, his AEW debut, but that got a great pop as well and was a was a great moment for him. I thought, yeah, I just thought this was a a really well done match with uh, with lots of uh, memorable spots in it. Definitely, I agree. And like you think how like jaded you are with ladder matches as well. You know, it's something that we've. You know, we've berated ladder matches for the last couple of years every time they crop up. And again, it's like, fucking hell, another one. And what's the purpose and things like that? Again, mm-hmm. it's that it boils down to bringing something new to the table, bringing something a bit different. And this was something that absolutely had those different, you know, those points of difference, whether it being even just having those like big lads in there and, it, it, and, they, and they waited and waited until you had like them sort of engaging with each other it wasn't some you know that you had things like orange cassidy getting in the middle of them and things where you were just waiting for them to 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 go at it so you almost had that even that very simple thing there of just having big lads go at it in a ladder match that was a uh, almost like had that delay and it been a bit different but some of them spots like like you say that where cassidy sort of skinned the cat up onto the ladder that mm. <laughs> that uh that yeah. keith lee and wardlow were holding just amazing that was so cool it was just like again mm. i'm like you have take or leave orange cassidy but like i was just like oh mm. great stuff lad that totally totally different there and like there was one where they had like a, a suplex uh, spot where Hobbs oh, had, yeah. uh, oh, yeah. it, it, that ladder kind of just sort of slightly mm. in the corner and then it was huge mm. suplex. Like, it was a massive suplex and again that just looked like as, as cool as uh cool as shit there and then um just that Again, the other one that stood out obviously was Wardlow just doing that, where he just did that standing spring onto the ladder mm. before he power bombed Ricky Starks onto that one that was kind of propped against the the middle rope. Again, that was that that was cool as fuck as well. And that that Keith Lee Beal with Orange Cassidy, where he overshot wow. the catchers on the outside. <laughs> again, that was rough as fuck. But again, it was just like it was one way. You were just like, oh, just like he had to go for an MRI on his shoulder. I like, thought because it was weird yeah. when when the Danhausen spot happened. It was like I feel like Orange Cassidy should be involved here. Why is Danhausen just mm. getting involved on his own? It felt like something had gone wrong. I didn't know. He that. brought that things down. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Jr. Fucking hates him, doesn't he? Jr. Just uncommon. Yeah. Like, this is fucking stupid, basically, is what he said. Like, J- Jr. hates AEW. I've, I've learned oh, after watching this yeah. pay I just <laughs> tune him out. I, I don't yeah. know what it is. It's just like I don't hear him. I hear Excalibur, I hear Shivani, but almost like with Jim Ross, it's just like, and there's him, and he talks. And I just kind of don't hear him a lot during the shows. Yeah, Echo, a lot of what you guys said. I thought Keith Lee would win. Um, generally kind of fine of the outcome. I don't like the ring. Can I just say that? Like, it, it, 
It, oh, the, just the brass ring. The no, I thought you meant the, the AW ring. ring. I was like, what's wrong with the AW ring? Yeah. I, I, I was going to say, yeah, those sponsors were a bit distracting. <laughs> I have no strong thoughts on DraftKings. I would say it's a good sponsor for them. I would say if you wanted to view anything, the fact that Draft DraftKings are a good, credible, big money sponsor. So having them on board, I think, is a is kind of like a bigger deal. But yeah, I enjoyed I think I went 3.25 again. It could have been a bit too early in the morning, like sort of 7 a.m. for a for a big old ladder match. Um, but I thought if you if you look at it logically, does everyone look good coming out of it? It's powerhouse Hobbs doesn't lose anything in that. It just feels like he's mixing in a higher range where he should of where he is. Ricky Starks again with that neck when he took that bump onto Glad the ladder. I'm glad. Yeah, I was, I was worried. Um, Looked like he was trying to do a Rana reversal or something like that with the yeah. angle he went down. I think Wardlow just let him go, let him go too early. But no, I was relieved to see him tweet that he was okay because fucking hell. And you know, it it, it kind of again we, one of the things we're going to you know really going through on the show is the amount of kind of multi amount of talent they have throughout this roster and they're fucking buying. It's obscene. It's ridiculously stacked and. The, you know, there's a load of people who aren't on this card. Think of the people who aren't, you know, you can get into your Omegas and, and, and the rest of it. But this is like, you know, for what it is from a storyline perspective, what it does for for Wardlow, it has to be, you know, with him with him going over, it, it makes sense. I'm kind of happy to see it. It feels like they're, you know, kicking his storyline into full gear. And more most importantly, the crowd liked it. Yeah. They yeah, wanted to see it. That's it, and you know there'll be there'll be more to say on like Wardlow as it, as it goes goes later. But it did feel like you know this as much as I was more on the Keith Lee train, you know, with them seemingly pressing fast forward a little bit on this uh, Wardlow uh, MJF stuff, uh, especially on on Dynamite this week. That maybe this was coming, but no, a great great you know star making moment for him. So. Yeah, you know, if Orange Cassidy had won, we wouldn't be giving a shit about him skinning the cat on the ladder. We'd be talking about a fucking awful <laughs> booking it is. So yeah. as long as he didn't win, as long as Christian Cage didn't win, I was kind of fine with pretty much everyone else. I just wanted one of the big lads, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, and we went from there. I think it was at, at this point, wasn't it, that uh, the Twerve Strickland was uh, was announced as uh, the, the next uh, the debut mm. in uh, wrestling. He got the uh, he got the Jay Lethal segment, didn't he? <laughs> like, uh, let's hope he doesn't disappear. Well, I'm glad Jay Lethal's disappeared, but let's hope Shane Strickland doesn't uh, disappear like uh, like he did. I did wonder whether they were going to throw him in the uh, in the ladder match or whether Cesaro was going to turn up or God forbid Jeff Hardy was going to turn up. Or I imagine we're getting that on it on Wednesday. Um, yeah, any immediate thoughts on Strickland coming in? Like, uh, he's absolutely someone I would sign. Um, if, I mean, I'm losing track of the amount of times I'm saying this, you know. Oh, the, that's the guy you make the exception for. Like, I feel like I'm saying that maybe one too many times. He is a guy I would have made an exception for, but you know, he is joining a, uh, a pack roster, and yeah, um, a lot of debuts uh, happening around it. But I thought he did enough to, to stand out. It was a little bit a uh, little bit different than uh, maybe your normal debut. I think Shivani ruined it a little bit with uh, with the intro and with having a big bit of paper that said Swear Strickland on it. <laughs> you didn't really get the big uh, big surprise that maybe they were uh, kind of trying to do. But he was over. He came across cool and you know a little bit different, a little bit more laid back than uh, maybe the fire the promo you, you might have expected in this moment. But you know, I guess it's uh, it's what happens next, and uh, you know whether he, he goes to the top of a uh, big tones toy box or he uh, he winds up in uh, in the bottom with uh, with Jay Lethal and uh, some others who've come before him. It's um, uh, to be convinced by it. I I was I didn't think the segment came across well to me. Like I thought, I I didn't 
he didn't scream star to me at all, like in, in that segment. And, you know, I'll be honest, he's not no. somebody who I've seen a load of. You know, I hear lots of good things about Shane Strickland, but but I haven't seen seen a lot of him. And um, so again, I'm kind of almost seeing him with quite fresh eyes with a big reputation behind him he just felt like just a guy to me on that um on that interview i, I wasn't getting oh, well. you know star star vibes at all i was i, I didn't see his name on the uh on, on the contract when tony was saying <laughs> someone i worked with uh previously i was thinking jp is going to be sat there and um, getting excited here that this is going to be like, of you. yeah yeah jacob fatu or gino medina <laughs> <Nice. laughs> gino medina i'd lose my shit <laughs> No, I, I do like Swerve. I mean, I I can't say I watched a lot of the, that NXT hit run. But, you know, the bits I did see, I did like, and people I respected rave about the stuff. I was more a fan of Monday Indies or the stuff he did in the in, in Lucha Underground and and the like. You know, he's a I think he's a talent, and I do think he's got charisma. I I did think he came across as a star, but I mean that's subjective, isn't it? Um, but I don't know. Where, where did you land, JP? I I'm not. I thought he looked. I thought he looked fine. I thought it was mm. like kind of a different look and a different way of kind of carrying himself. So I was more inclined mm. to like it. I, it was a fan of his on the Indies. I must I saw next to nothing of the hit row stuff. Mm. I think part of the reason, and he should go in there with that kind of, I think that the kind of like what Gareth says there about like going in there to impress, because there's potentially like a very high upside. I mean, I remember watching mm. some of the stuff in Lucha Underground, that fucking mental match he had with his AR AR Fox. Yeah, or both under different. He was under a, a mask, wasn't he? Like kill shot or mm. something. Kill shot, yeah. Yeah, fucking hell. Like mm. this guy, but we saw him work loads in the UK. He's a talent, and he's fresh at the top. Mm. And so, therefore, like I think it's it's worth that kind of punt. It's worth that chance. The issue is really we're going to talk about the amount of people on this show and the amount of people not on this show. It's a stacked roster. And where does he fit into the ecosystem of everything? And that's where, that's the next steps. Like we're talking yeah. dynamite and everything else beyond that. But as an introduction, I, I, I think it's, I, think, I thought it was fine. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, people who know better than me are the ones I'm going to listen to on this. But you hear like, a, you know, a, a Righteous Reg on, was on the uh, the media panel afterwards, mm. you know, asking about the fact that, you know, they had Keith Lee, they've now got Shane Strickland. There does seem to be, you know, attention to wanting to push, you know, uh, black wrestlers in AEW and make sure there are prominent top black wrestlers. And maybe the excuse has been at one point that that top level talent wasn't there. That's one thing I've always, you know, said. Well, it is, you know, just bringing Keith Lee and Shane Strickland, you know, um, and they have, and they're both guys with with a lot of upside, top top guy upside. I think Strickland's got. So I just don't want to see him get lost in the shuffle, like you know, as seeming to happen um, with, with with lesser talent. But we'll see, we'll see as it as it as it goes on. But it's exciting. If it, you know, what I was thinking this, you know, we did that Nitro month one. Does feel a bit nitro, doesn't it? Like I, I know there's negatives to it, but fuck it, it's like just like cut, cut Tony's like, we'll do another debut, we'll do another debut. It does feel like the cool promotion where everyone wants to be. The follow up is hard, but you know I do kind of like that vibe, even if maybe mm -hmm. logically I, I, I do have a problem with it. I think that's kind of it's, it's a cool thing to be, isn't it? To be that promotion where all these wrestlers want to be, and, and that's what AEW is. I mean, people will, mm. you know, one of the reasons why we devote so much time to them is it is the hottest wrestling promotion in the world by quite some distance in every kind of metric for this. Mm. And the crowd reacted 
for for Strickland, I would say as well for this. Like the, these aren't people who are coming out and they're not getting any kind of reaction. I don't know much reaction say an Austin you theory would get if he came out. Mm. You his catchphrase, mm. yeah. You know, and I think that those are the things that are kind of important. Having that kind of, you know, that catchphrase there, like mm. just that little bit of kind of like crowd connection. And he's a good looking bloke. Throw that into the mix, like you know, there's a there's a lot that they could potentially do with him. Damn. Uh, well, up next we had uh, Jake Cargill and uh, and Ty Conti, um, where it kind of felt like okay, maybe we're if these two go too long, maybe we're going to finally come down on this show a bit. And you know, it wasn't to the the standard of the matches before it, and I did think maybe it went a, went a little bit too long. I kind of really, I just wanted Jay to, I wanted that you know that uh, that quick match that Gareth was talking about earlier. I wanted Jay to kind of smash through Ty Conti. It was more competitive than than I would have wanted, but. I, Thought it was a decent little match, really. Um, you know, I can be hot and cold on uh, on Jade and these attempts at uh, making her do longer matches, but you know, I wouldn't go higher than maybe three point two five um, or so. But it was fine for you know, with slot on the card. If it was a a slight come down, that's okay. You know, you you maybe you do need that uh, in the shows. The bar is very high, you know. Um, and we saw that in the uh, in the matches uh, leading up to this one. But yeah, I don't think it felt particularly out of place in the spot. Solid win for Jade, and yeah, I thought uh, Take Auntie looked looked fine as well. Uh, any major notes on that one, Gareth? I've I've got that at like two and a half stars, which to me okay. it was it, it was a average match within it. It's a Jay Cargill match at the end of the day, and like Jay Cargill's mm. great for a lot of reasons, and you know, it's just just someone that I almost feel like. I kind of almost don't want to put a match rating in on a matches because it's not about, it's not it's not about that. It's about the star presence and the, yeah. the natural charisma and all that and everything that she that she brings to the, the the table. And I just think she's getting she is getting better and better. You know, she's getting more and more confident. I think the stuff that she can do in the ring, she's sort of showing off a little bit more. You know, each each time and putting this spot. I think this was perfectly fine for what it was. You know, I think it just kind of just keeps her on this on this run. Take on to someone who's a credible threat to the title, who she disposed of quite handily there. I love the finish there with the um, Tay or Ty Conti, whichever way you pronounce it, um, in the top rope and. You know, set up for the moonsault and Jade ramming her face first into the post. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that was just a, it. Just was a good visual at the way that it was a uh, it was it was presented on TV. And before she landed like the Jade did for the one two three, but it just it was just a build. It was just another brick, you know, in the in the Jade Cargill wall that they're building there of this uh, yeah. superstar. I think that she's um, inevitably gonna gonna be. Obviously, they're adding the little quirks to it as well, getting the live guitarist to play her to the ring and things like that as well just you know just that extra kind of nuance to her that that just separating her and just see making her stand out has just been a bit different as well further i've just uh, again it's one of them i enjoyed this did, did what it needed to do yeah this is you know that she's a project and it's a potential star-making project. It's just going to take time. And if you could put the inexperienced levels of these two in there, like, this was fine for for what it was. It didn't completely stink up the place. I, I kind of watched this and I go, I went two and a half and it's the lowest I went anything on the show. Yet, at the same time, you compare it to the worst of what we'll see at WrestleMania. Like, the worst there is going to be quarter of a star. 
and me, us nattering Gareth to put on. Oh, we're about a zero <laughs> start or a dud rating. You'll have loads like, of time now, mate. So you'll have time. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Um, yeah, he can reconcile himself with that debate, Gareth. Finally, um, <laughs> it, and some of the Jade Cargill matches haven't been good. They've been train wrecks. But I think this is what you're. This is the kind of journey that we're going on. This is the way that it is. And considering the inexperienced levels of both of them, I thought it was perfectly fine. Yeah. Two and a half, it was average. But considering what else was on this show and considering their experience levels, it delivered what it should do. I would probably agree. It was a little bit, probably a little bit longer than I would have said, but I think it was like six minutes anyway. So, yeah, it will. It was the first breather on the show, to be honest. Like, I. Yeah. Before the show, I went to went to the the little Tesco Express near me, and you know got got myself a few beers in. Like I was four matches deep before I went to the fridge. Like didn't get up and have a piss or nothing. <laughs> it, was just, it was just everything kept happening, and I just forgot I had them in the. This was the match where I'm not not slagging them. I'm not calling it a piss break match, but you know I could grab myself two minutes to gather myself, and you know finally crack open my, uh, my first beer for the night. But you know not every match has to be a a complete banger, and and it was what it was, but. Yeah, we went from uh, <laughs> yeah, and it happened in this next one, folks. Uh, yes, this was the uh, the match where my Twitter feed for the not the last time of the night uh, broke a little bit. <laughs> um, gotta say, first up, yeah. So like, if we thought they were giving us a, a break on the card, uh, it did feel early to uh, to get MJF and uh, and Punk out here, but it uh, it is what we got. Um, well, from the top, like I, I loved. Absolutely loved MJF um, coming out to the uh, to, to call to personality like that was such a fucking shit talking point that came out so many times. If you remember when Punk was about to debut on Rampage, like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if they hit call to personality and MJF came out for the heat? And it's like, fuck off, Dango. And the other idea too for saying that, like, it was just like, but it was like you know MJF listens to that stuff, like you know he hears all of that, and this was like that's. This is the MJF character all over. Of course, he would do that, and of course, he would use that to get heat, and it it works so well. And yeah, the the reason they would do it would become apparent. And I've got to be honest, lads, I had to watch this match again today because um, I I was a complete a complete wreck um, at this moment in the night. Uh, I got tweets from Gareth from at least forty different people checking I was uh, I was okay, but the mo the moment. The, the smoke started to machine started going and started to hear those first tones of uh, of AFI, which absolutely will be the intro to this podcast. And depending on how long we've gone, it was probably the first three minutes of this podcast because yeah. I don't feel like I'll have uh, I'll play it all. Thing, play it all. I probably will. I play it now as background while I talk. Uh, the goosebumps, and and I know this is very you know. There's been some conversation today online about you know who was this for type of thing, and it's very inside for for people like me or, or an Alan Farrell or you know th- those who were in the trenches in those ROH days with uh for the for the for, for punk run there but just hearing that music again just like ugh, yeah I can't do justice to how like like just how emotional like it, it made me genuinely emotional to see like it was just just one of those like special moments seeing him come out in the basketball shorts you know pull on that track jacket, which I'm sure we're, we're going to get into, not the uh, not the classic ROH track jacket, but the classic CM Punk uh, track jacket. Well, you know, a version of um, of which there might be a, there might be some more coming 
everything about it was just perfect. And I get when people have said, you know, oh, get okay, well, oh, there were casual fans who who didn't who might not have understood it. It's like, oh, uh, fuck off. They got, got three. They got three commentators sat there who can explain it. And also, even if you don't know that CM Punk used to come out to AFI and Ring of Honor. It's just CM Punk coming out with a big with a special entrance. Like that's all you really need to know. Oh, it's a special entrance for the big match. Oh, by the yeah. way, they've been hitting you over the head for the last month of uh, retro ROH callbacks and you know little lines mm. and promos and you know and, and as well you know not everything has to be for everyone. You know let let us hardcore who are aware of that what it is enjoy it and like I say the more casual fans will catch up because they're not fucking idiots mm. or you know the commentators can explain it or they'll just think oh that was that's that's a cool different song for CM Punk to come out to and you know it was just an unbelievable <laughs> moment I never thought I'd see the day ever again like it was it's the greatest you know you want to hear me rant about that music uh, music of the mass episode I did with uh, with Andrew Richo we talked punk's great themes it is the CM Punk theme to me you know it was the it was the the soundtrack to uh to the, the glory days of uh of roh for me and the fact that punk tapped into that tapped into that you know that the story of mjf borrowing you know lines from punk's promos and from punk himself you know borrowing bits from his old self and you know referencing the history he had in in this particular dog collar match and yeah just to get to see pizza and punk you know, again, pray, play reverence to, to that version of himself. That's why we love AEW, isn't it? This isn't happening in WWE. You know, Vince McMahon wasn't greenlighting those basketball shorts or paying the rights for uh, for some uh, some Mizzou Canter, some uh, some some AFI, and yeah, it was it was fan service. But as the fan that was being serviced, yeah, uh, I got many, many 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 tweets asking if I was okay, and I'm telling you, lads, I was not okay. Uh, couldn't tell you much about the match, but I can tell you a lot about this entrance because, yeah, it was all the feels for me. Could you could you introduce me to this? Sorry, you bring up the the mythical casual fan who spends sixty dollars <laughs> on a pay per view in the states, but is so mortally offended that CM Punk has come out to another tune wearing some basketball shorts. So that's it. Done with wrestling now. Don't understand what's happening? Yeah, I'm not even going <laughs> to watch the rest of the show. This is too complex. What's happening? Yeah, introduce me to that person who definitely doesn't exist. No, as soon as I saw this this morning, all I thought of was was you, and I just thought, and is 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 that the moment he came? Probably. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like the only liquid coming out of me was tears, mate. I was genuinely, yeah, he was genuinely emotional. I was White I was that fan in the stands at Rampage. <laughs> that was me. If I'd have been there live and the camera had cut to me, like I'd be a meme. Like that's that's how much this got me. It was just. Unreal. Um, it was fucking great. I, I don't want this vision of Benno having a cry wank. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like Punk was in fucking floods of tears in the uh, in the in the scrum. I know I've mentioned it a few times, but like he was genuinely emotional about Tony buying ROH and about like you know everything the night men's and all of the callbacks and young wrestlers backstage telling mm. them how much uh, this all meant to to them as well um yeah you know it's what it was just want to give him a hug like yeah sure he wouldn't take it, was, it but <laughs> it was so it was so cool and like just to that point there that you're like saying about the like people and them not knowing and stuff such a load of bollocks who the fuck like it thinks like that like it's when i think about like argument, when when i think about like been first into wrestling 
that the discovery side, I think, was the best, was like the best thing. Like getting a tape and seeing two people tagging together and well, what they were tag team partners, kind of thing. Or like like what, you know, reading something. Rick Martel was the AWA world champion. You're like, what? Can't you know, just like and then you go and you try and find out information and discover and things. That's like that that's to me, that like discovery side's like one of the absolute best things about wrestling is like not knowing stuff and then and then you you fill the gaps and i just think they're like if you're some if you're if you are somebody who's not like a hardcore fan and you're watching this and then it's like oh this was the music he used in roh or this is different or it's intriguing it's not like it's it's one of those things that just like make you think and make you talk and make you question things and make you find out other stuff and if you're tony khan sat there on an roh tape library You'd be wanting people to be thinking, like, oh yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's the way he used to uh, dress, and this was the music he used when he was in ROH. Like, oh, I need to check out, I need to check that out, kind of thing. I've never seen that. It'd be good to see that. Yeah. Oh well, you can on this shiny new platform that we've developed here. Kind of, there you go, and you know, you can see yeah. the past punk and stuff. You know, they've got they've got all that side of things to to, to bleed into. But you know, you talk about again. This is this is one of those things where the WWE fan and things and WWE themselves with their own verbiage of talking about like creating moments and things and it just been these manufactured bullshit things where they just get some celebrity and or just like create something to make it something that's like happening this moment. This was a moment that like a genuine, genuine moment that stood out, jumped off the screen, was different. It was emotional, you know, you it was it was such a sort of like a strong like callback. It was something that just had people like hyped in the building, and you know, long term fans like you, you, you know, yourself, Benno, mm. in bloody tears at home and stuff. Like, what's not to like? This is like you talk about things where it's like, oh, remember CM Punk's return? Like now, it's like remember when CM Punk came out uh, to AFI? Like it's 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 a thing you won't. You'll never. I'll always know that was revolution, and it was taken on MJF and thing. It's like mm. one of those things where a lot of modern day wrestling just becomes a blur, and it just like you couldn't tell you something that happened one year to the next and things, or you get surprised when you find, oh yeah, God fuck yeah, they had this match or this happened. This is just a big, massive, massive moment in t- in terms of CM Punk's comeback, but just in AW history as well. Like it just got a, you know. I'd have killed to be in that crowd the other night, and you know, I wasn't even—I wasn't even there for the fucking ROH, you know, days. It was all, you know, the stuff for me, like bleeding into that was all, you know, tape stuff that you've watched years and years later, and and, and that side of things. Like, and you could just see it within that crowd—the people who, who did know it and did get it. It was like fucking mind blowing for them, and it just added a little extra wrinkle to the to the start of this this match the in in terms of the way that the the atmosphere was it was uh was so cool yeah. fucking cool as fuck exactly and i'm biased but uh, it was it was just an all-time moment for me personally and I, I mean as much as you know yes it was indulgent it also fit the story it fit what they were doing you know mjf played his role perfectly as being like oh my god you know he's, he's going back to his roots type of thing you know punk punk means business here um 
you know, just his face as, uh, as Punk came out and got in the ring. And yeah, he got nailed all the little details down to, you know, call, you know, bring it up there, you know, the other call them straight edge and bring it up all that stuff. Like, and just even, you know, um, call them the second city saying sorry. And just, yeah. And even like, you know, the point where I, I, they maybe cut the music a bit late. So, you know, they may need to maybe have a way where they used to do the ROH music. They uh, maybe weren't aware of where to, where to cut it off, but it was just that. It was, I mean, that, that's just me. I'm just picking, just picking there. But no, it was, uh, it was uh, it was very it was very very good and yeah and it laid the groundwork for this match and like I say <laughs> live like I, I mean I, I was just like that entrance was uh, as well as my notifications and uh, where and was uh, was pretty much just spinning in my head so the match itself I did if I'm honest struggle to uh, to pay much mind so I have rewatched it uh, today and uh, did very mm. much enjoy it but I think yeah I'll let you guys lead on the uh, the match itself it might be a better place than the uh, the, the than the mess I was uh, on the night but. Uh, yeah, well, how did you uh, you rate this one, Gareth? Uh, I mean, with with this, I, I was it was weird. I was in a similar boat, really, in that I, I I watched this again today to almost like watch it properly in a way, kind of thing, because I was just sort of I was I was so taken away with the entrance and the atmosphere of it all and things that like it. Um, it I was kind of just like lost at the match a bit where I. I where I almost felt like I haven't paid attention to as much <laughs> to the details as much almost because of that. I think I think because there was sort of like the blood and the brutality so early and things like that. I just felt like you were just sort of like sucked um, sucked sort of straight into it and the uh, and the direction that it was that it, that it was going. I think as I watched it again today, it was one where I probably took a little bit more of a step back and just watched some of the. You know the smaller details and things that were that, that were going into this. Like I've ended up going four point two five on uh, on it as a, a as a match in, in total. I just I think it, it's it was almost like quite a simplistic match in a in a lot of ways mm. um, with the with the, the structure to it. But I think that what was done was done so well. I think Punk getting the blood so early into the into the match really really worked and I, I just think it really you know it, re- it really helped I think there was I, th- I think they you know they presented it in the interviews that they did in the run-up to this as like this is a this is a m- match that is brutal and you, you, you know it is it is you know next level when it comes to brutality and I think they got that over very very quickly whereas I've seen a lot of dog collar matches that don't necessarily do that and it mm. just a bit, it just feels a bit like oh, is like what's what's the point of this I think there was that shot where He'd whipped Punk's back early on, and then you could like literally see like every chain link across like Punk's back with yeah. the the mark that it had left mm. on there, and you were just like fuck. And then like yeah, and then, oh, his head, yeah. yeah, and then when he's punching his fucking head and like you know busting him open, like it was just you know I was totally on board with that. Like fuck it, CM Punk can't half bleed, can he? What a fucking great bleeder! Like the uh, absolutely the crimson, you know, proper genuine crimson crimson mask. Uh, Love that, but I just think um, I just think a, a lot of uh, the stuff like later on with just some of the the you know the counter into the salt of the earth, the counter into the anaconda device, then like put MGF's pulling his air to counter him, Punk and the Shine and Wizard, and there's just little just sort of like steps along the way that I probably didn't appreciate. I don't think as much you know first time um, first time around. Obviously there was the there was the element with um, 
Um, there was a good sequence where MGF, um, he was, he, he put the sleeper on him again with the chain and um, that he'd beat him with last time, you know, but, but so it was sort of like that call back to it, to him on that match. And then Punk doing like the Bret Hart for the, for the near fall. And then like Punk had fucked MGF's hand up and he went for the pile driver and Punk uh, and MGF couldn't quite grab him because his hand was fucked up and things just like little, little small things there that were either callbacks or just little like details in the match and things like that, that just, meant something and just sort of like added uh, added to the to the elements with it um with, with that i think um there was other thing as well where like punk had like he tombstoned him on the ring apron and his knee had been bad and he, but so he'd landed on the bad knee again you know there was there was a lot of just little, little things there just from a selling point of view and things that just um just added some added something beyond this just been a blood and guts match there was that extra level of performance in there that yeah. like punk's oper- the, the level punk's operating on at the moment it's it's fucking mind blowing how quickly he's got back into his stride and like you think like in them first couple of matches where they were almost putting him in there and they were, they were working a bit longer and he was getting back into ring shape and getting back used to it but i feel like he's is looking better than ever like in the in the in the ring for me like the quality of some of these matches that he's put on recently with the styles of matches that have been like absolutely can't um can't can't fault it and um yeah, I'll, I'll leave a bit for jp sorry <laughs> i've got necessarily so much to kind of add on to it i mean i thought we had a lull in the middle like that much i i kind of got from it. i've only seen it the once um and but I'm it was one of these matches when I need to go back and see the entrance and stuff again and, and, and the rest of it. Um, but it hit all the story notes correctly, and that goes into the ending. And it did have those little callbacks in, and I did like like the selling. You could tell how much they were they'd worked and they thought about how they were going to do this. And it's been a you know if you can still go in other place obviously with this view it's going to take a wardlow kind of shaped detour for the for the time being but as a kind of spectacle i really enjoyed it i'm not mad about dog collar matches you know i wasn't around in fucking charlotte in 82 when this stuff was probably happening most weeks of the year and you were getting to see it um but and it's probably as good as dog collar matches are going to be i mean i went 3.75 for this um which feels like it's it's relatively low. It's probably criminal to you, Benno. Um, but Fuck, I'll have to do this podcast on my own from now on. Yeah. Can't wait, so but just, uh, but I re I really enjoyed it. Hopefully, Matthew went like, for. I, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it. It's just that I think it's the limitations of the dog collar match and it being double juice and things like that. I you know and that I'm probably like kind of nitpicking around it. Like, I, I, it, did it do the job that it needed to do? Yes. Does it? Did it help MJF? You'd, you'd have to say yes at this point. Does it lead nicely into the Wardlow storyline? Yeah. Does it show that Punk's back and, and has created some genuine kind of organic moments for people to to think are really cool? Yeah. So it's achieved all of the things that it kind of needs to do. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, For me, it was just a, a well-told story. You know, I've watched yeah. it the second time. This, this entire feud, you know, there were definitely points in the feud. You mentioned laws. There were, I think there were laws in this feud. There were definitely moments, you know, especially when they did a little PG Punk couple of weeks where it just felt like, oh, they were trying a bit too hard and weren't quite nailing what this feud should be. And then it turned into the perfect 
CM Punk feud for me. You know, I even had my doubts about that MJF promo and they put them to rest, you know, last week with the uh, with the big beatdown, um, you know, which we uh, we talked a bit about on the uh, on the free weekend show. And it just, yeah, it was what I wanted to see from CM Punk in AEW. Um, you know, we yes, we got the fun period where he was wrestling the young wrestlers, we got a happy punk. We got the Eddie Kingston feud, which was, you know, short-lived, but fantastic, you know, in itself. But then we got this, which was, like I say, a, a more of a longer term, something to get, you know, Punk at his teeth sunk into. And you can tell how much, you know, he, he put into this and how much work he put into this. And it brought back that, you know, as great as he's been, but that A-star level CM Punk, like at the, the top. This is, this is up there with you know the level of stuff he's done throughout his career as far as feuds go now we can see it in in the you know it's it's totality and yeah i thought the match kind of followed that pattern like it wasn't a big bumps kind of match although there was a couple of ones it wasn't obviously you know car even cartoonishly violent it was what it was what i wanted you know that the blood and guts match the war games match you know they had the big silly jericho bump but what you want in the war games is just you know, to be bloody and hard hitting. You know, the, what what Gareth described there with the with the chain, and it to feel like a, a like a real fight, and two men trying to trying to hate each other to so have that grittiness. And I think it had that. And yeah, I wonder if maybe you'll go higher on on a second watch, JP, because mm-hmm. I think it was slow slower than I suppose a lot of you know wrestling is now, especially in AEW. But I think there were so many little, as Gareth picked up on there, little story beats in the match and so many great little moments in the match and just so much great build from, you know, Punk selling his leg to, you know, the even the, the, the thought the finish was perfect, like perfectly timed, felt a bit out of nowhere at the end. But, you know, doing the Wardlow stuff and, you know, the finish just being a straight up dig from Punk to, to MJF after he spat at him, which summed up both of those characters in that moment and did so much, you know, it was like a perfect kind of, to what this was you know i know i'm coming from a from a place of bias when you give me a, an entrance like we uh, we got to this thing but i really yeah, i did think it was the perfect way to end the feud like i think the gap grapple average is about 4.39 so you know add my bias on i'm going four and a half a little bit a uh, little bit above that but yeah i yeah on second viewing because like i say fair few and i could definitely uh struggle to uh to get my head back in the zone um like that so i think there's a lot of a lot of depth to this match and a lot of like little things that maybe you know i didn't personally pick up uh first time out that that, w- that were definitely there and just a, a really well-told story which was which was what this was this was you know punk was even was talking about like you know you could probably retire again now <laughs> after, after doing this yeah. hopefully that's just the uh, the emotion talking but yeah this is the punk we wanted and uh you know we're here again already and what a fucking amazing thing it is that this is reality and we've got cm punk performing on this level again in 2022 for CM Punk with a fire lit in his belly, you know, like is it, you know, the emotion, like you face. say, com- coming out and on the, you know, the, those interviews, the the satisfaction that he's got for like a job well done, that he's telling the story mm. in the way that he wants to tell it and go out there and having it, you know, have that freedom and that control to to do things like this, where we know he's got that mind, he's got that brain to produce things that are literally um, tippy top better than what 99% of other wrestlers out there can can produce from from an engagement point of view getting you to care getting you like invested and like this just really come out with this like that shot at the end where like cult of personality started to play at the end and he's mm. just there just looking down the camera 
blood all blood. over his face, yeah. hair everywhere, and he just sort of just gives that little like laugh, looks down the camera and just like a little laugh kind of thing. He's come he's come out on top. At the end of all this, I'm on top. And just that just that little laugh and just looking like the fucking cool bastard that he is sat there, like just great. It was just so it was so, it was like roll credits kind of thing there for, yeah. the, for that moment. It was it was so so cool the, the way that presented. I mean we haven't touched upon the Wardlow stuff too much um mm. talking about it there but Again, that is something that potentially could have been done wrong, could have been done badly. It might have grated that introduction coming in there at the end of the match like this. But, you know, again, I think that was something that they delivered to perfection. I think that this, as a, you almost have to take it hand in hand with Wardlow winning that ladder match earlier on in the night as as, as well. And I think this idea now of him having a title shot or something like that, MGF making demands on that title shot of, you know, give it to me or something like that, you know, where he's coming off the back of a defeat here or Wardlow getting the belt and, you know, having, you know, almost your, you know, your, you know, Batista-ish, similar-ish kind of dynamic yeah. there going on as well uh, between um, Wardlow and, uh, and MGF. It has felt a bit accelerated uh, of late this. I think that it's something that, you know, We've always said we don't want to pull the trigger on this too early. You know, you kind of want it to be a slow, you know, slow burn. But when you see the reactions that Wardlow's getting and things, mm. things now, in the, like you see where they're at in this, you know, at a storyline point with MJF as well and things like that, it does feel like it's kind of things just come aligning correctly there and this kind of acceleration that they've had on Wardlow on these last. Uh, couple of months with him doing the whole powerbomb gimmick and just getting more and more over week in week out obviously the the way that things worked out in the last match with punk at the end as well with the ring to to this as well you just feel like this is one of these instances there where they've sat down got the right heads in the room thinking about this properly thinking about what's the direction for wardlow here what's the direction for mjf what's the direction with this punk mjf feud how does this all interlock and interweave into the other stuff there as well and it's it's this is like, this is why there's that love for AW for me is that the, the things that they absolutely need to get right, I feel like these are the stuff they don't miss on. When you get something like this, you, you do get left with that moment mm. that really, you know, becomes something that, you know, jumps out and feels important. And, you know, I've got a lot of confidence in, in where this Wardlow MGF stuff's going to go. And I'm, I'm excited for that as well. Definitely. Definitely, and yeah, like I say, I do feel like uh, you know it was slow burn, and then it was almost like a down. Like shit, we got a we're doing the turn on that Sunday, so let's you know mm-hmm. in the middle of a show that was already packed with an MJF Punk angle to to then also do kind of the Wardlow stuff did seem a little bit odd, but yeah, the the ends do justify the means. It gives MJF something to do going forward. I assume Punk's going to be moving in, you know, with him motioning like the title belt. I think I assume he's going to maybe doing something with Hangman Page. Uh, that's that's quite uh, interesting. It'll be quite exciting as well. Uh, yeah, fun directions to go, and yeah, it did feel like a you know a big end to a a chapter and a and a story, um, which 
reminded me of like classic punk and ROH. That's how his feud stat kind of went. You know, they, they, you know, the second City Saints had beat the prophecy and you'd have your big celebration at the end. You know, unfortunately, Cole Cabana couldn't be involved in this particular celebration or, you know, it happened after his Jimmy Ray <laughs> feud, which, which this had a lot of callbacks to. And, you know, you like, you get that big volume baby face at the end. Doesn't happen in WWE, does it? You know, there might be another rematch on Raw and then another rematch on SmackDown and then it'll, the feud will eventually peter out. You don't get this big, you know, crown and okay, definitive, the feud is done moment really um in wwe so yeah it's great to uh great to see punk uh, involved in something as uh with as much depth as this but i suppose we uh i don't want to we should move on uh, from uh from this uh it's a brit baker and uh thunder rosa that that, that uh came up next uh yeah i think this was the first one where it was like okay you guys are going to struggle to follow here and I, I, this i don't know i i feel like it just didn't feel like a big enough deal, this match, Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, considering how big that match was last year. I mean, I can't, I don't know if you've got any thoughts on it, because me, me and JP did talk in the preview of, you know, it does feel a little bit out of nowhere, you know, they got to this match. I don't really know exactly where they went wrong, but I don't know, it didn't feel like it had the stakes to it that, you know, a rematch of this calibre should maybe have had. It just felt like a lot of Britt Baker's booking in there, in AW, a bit thrown together and, you know, me and JP and me and SP3 on Sports Kida, you know, shout out to our Indian listeners. Had uh, uh, a great chat about uh, this one and, you know, SP3 expected Thunder Rosa to go over. I think JP expected Thunder Rosa to go over. I think a lot of people were expecting Thunder Rosa to go over to maybe, you know, do something fresh in the women's division. But, you know, they're, they're very behind Britt Baker and, yeah, it continues to be the case. So, yeah, surprising result for uh, a lot of people too. Don't really know how to, uh, yeah, compute this, uh, this, this feud. Yeah, it does feel like a bit of a, an odd one. You know, I made the point earlier when I was talking about the um, Statlander Leila Rush match. You know, again, it was a point I made on Spotlight a few weeks ago was how many little feuds that they have going on within the women divi- women's division down the card, you know, right through to thinking about things where you've got like Deeb and Sheeda and think, you know, sort of almost like at the time I listed off about like four or five different feuds that they had on going. And, and I remember saying, and then you've got Britt Baker, who's your champion? And of the person who should have a hot sort of feud going into a pay-per-view, it should be a champion. And this didn't feel it at all. And, you know, I'm as high on, you know, Britt Baker, as high on Thunder Rosa as, as anyone. But, you know, when this popped up as the match that was going on after that, my first reaction was just thought, like, you poor bastards, like having to go out there and follow follow that. And then kind of thought, a bit. I genuinely did have that feeling of, like, uh, this is a bit throwaway. Does this, you know, does this need to be here? Like this might have been better as been something that was a main event on a dynamite in two weeks' time, or maybe on St. Patrick's Day. You know, you do it like one year on or something. Wow. Given that that was the big, you know, that was the the big match. That was almost the feeling that you had here. You don't have to put everything on the on the on the, on the pay per view, and um, it just didn't have. It didn't feel like it. It had that much juice behind it when it when it should have done because there is that backstory there between these two that you could turn up. You could have turned the gas up on three or four different elements here and had it. You know, been much much hotter than it than it was. It did just sort of feel like something that was just sort of cobbled together from from left field. And I probably expected Thunder Rosa to win because of that. Like the idea of it right. just being, oh, Rosa wins and we change direction a bit here and Britt Baker can do something there with you know with Jamie Ater or something. You know, something will go wrong. Jamie Ater will accidentally hit her and Rosa wins on the back of it or something. That was probably where my mindset was. But now you're stuck in this, I don't know. It's, 
odd odd place still really it just just feels a bit a bit bizarre you know i mean I enjoyed the match for what it was i've gone 3.25 on it you know it was an, an enjoyable enough yeah, it wasn't bad. but, but mm. not but not what it could have or should have been especially building on the back of what what went before last year well j- just a couple of interesting points you mentioned there about two weeks time the word is, this is Brian Alvarez talking, is the Thunder Rosa had a slight injury and actually the plan is to do a cage match between them because it's in Thunder Rosa's hometown, I think it is. And it's and it's a one-year rematch from the um, from the Lights Out match. So that that's perhaps where they're going to in a, in a couple of weeks' time. Just um, wait, wait till then then. Don't put it on this pay-per-view. Like basically, wait. yeah. That's that's kind of how I felt at the time. Like I just felt all very confused by the end of it. I was like, I, I, you know, I, I bore myself with the idea. Of, just not a fan of Britt Baker as a heel. Mm. Just not a fan of it. I just don't see what gain there is for them doing it. I think it's she's a bit more interesting as a face. I think it should be on a, on a face champion, particularly if your other women's champion is a heel. I think there's just mm. like a kind of nice balance to that. Um, it, that's not to say. There was some good grappling. There were some really good counters, I thought, on the floor. I thought Thunder Rosa, I really like. And, you know, to a certain degree that she'd kind of won the crowd over as well. But at the same time, it was like, especially on this card, it it kind of very much sort of fell into the shuffle. I went three stars on it. I don't know what it's rating on the app at the moment. Is it slightly lower than, than three? Um, two point two point eight on the app. Two point like, eight, yeah, oh, wow. is a lot lower than than I've got it pegged on, obviously. Yeah, I'd, I'd have gone gentlemen's three. Yeah, that's kind of where I thought it was, but the potential is more. I remember going four and a half on the the lights out match, but yeah, it it, 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 it just not felt right for me. The dynamic, I thought that there would be a almost a turn during the title, like the title change felt like the turn for me when she hugged Shivani on the ramp, and yet they've almost pretended like that hasn't happened to mm. a degree. I know it's, it, it just, it's, it's very odd. Yeah. Well, we went from there to the small matter of, of Brian Danielson and, and John Moxley. Um, you ever seen a, 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 a great match happen in silence? Cause I feel like I saw it for, uh, for bulk, mm. bulk parts of this. This is where I do think the, the crowd were definitely struggling. Like I was struggling at home. Mm. It was like, fuck me. I've just sat, I've sat through punk MJF and so much great stuff on this card. I'm enjoying every moment, but I feel like I need a night. I need to go to bed, get up in the morning and watch the rest of this. Cause like, this is like, it, it, we're getting to to epic levels and it felt like the crowd were the same. Like, I don't know whether you could, could you have switched punk and with this being more of a straight match? Could you switch punk and MJF with this? Maybe add this earlier. Maybe it would have fared better. I don't know. I don't think it's either the wrestlers in the ring's fault. You know, it's Brian Danielson and John Moxley, you know, mm. when they're out there struggling to will a crowd into it. I think that tells you everything about, you know, what the issue was here. It was just a, a long night and, a you know, possibly a, a bit of a pacing issue with the, the card itself. Because in isolation, this was fucking great. You know, watch this muted mm. or an empty area and all just, you know, as I kind of wanted once you got halfway through and they did start to, you know, Again, it was another bloody violent match, maybe a third on, on a card. You know, maybe you can make an argument we were getting too much. If there's an argument for getting too much great if we're getting great stuff to a fault, that might be the argument here. It was like this card is so good almost to a fault, because it's another one of these great violent matches. But 
I think I, you know, I forgot myself by halfway through and started to just okay ignore the the, the crowd here, and they had a great almost styles clash of a match that represented the, uh, the the story that you know that they wanted to tell. You know, as far as Moxley wanting to want to, uh, to 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 bleed and fight with Danielson, and and Danielson, you know, wanting to see more violence in in, in his uh, pro wrestling. It had a, a great chant in uh, in we want violence here, you know, and it had a you know a very uh, a kind of we will get to the post-match, don't worry. Um, and a great finish, I thought, in that it came a bit out of nowhere, the roll-up, to the point where I thought, was that a botch? Was the referee not supposed to count three? But it was a great way to get into, well, well, fuck it, we'll just keep fighting again. Which gave us the post-match, which again, I will get to. Um, but as a match in isolation, yeah, it was weird. It was almost like they were they were fighting uphill. Well, for, for my money, they managed to pull out, you know, against all odds. So four-star level match in front of a, a two-star crowd and I think that says everything for the the quality of uh these two wrestlers uh gareth yeah i was in i, I was flagging at, at this point when like uh, i literally got to this match here and like mm. um i was i was i was str- struggling with it you know i think you know you talk about the post-match obviously that we'll talk about in a bit i need i, I just knew i, I I went to bed knowing I've got to watch that match again tomorrow because I've taken in zero of it. Kind of, it was almost just <laughs> there on, just in the back, you know, just just stuff happening without me just consciously kind of take, you know, you know, taking any of it on board. I woke up when I put the match on this morning. I was like, I literally can't remember a single detail about this match. You know, I was just so 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 tired and I was thinking was it that the crowd was flat was it just that I was flat or something at this point that I, that it wasn't um, memorable but I'm fucking glad that I, I did go and um, put it on again this uh, this morning because I've, I've gone 4.25 on this when I've I've watched it again and just you know cold light a day and just like fresh eyes or fresh slightly fresher eyes uh, um, after a couple of hours kip um, seeing this but just two high quality wrestlers just going out there two fucking men going out there and just having a proper back and forward scrap and like there wasn't much again much structure to things there wasn't you know there wasn't um necessarily too much of a story in the match that i picked up on and in terms of progression it was just you know, a lot of back and forward stuff where they were just very viciously trading strikes, kicks, suplexes, you know, just been properly laying it in, real good heavy-handed stuff, you know, aggress- like aggressive stuff and, and nasty at times as well, which I think, again, just added, you know, I think there was that great bit where Danielson was kneeling on Moxley's face and he was like pulling his nose while he was like kneeling yeah. on his face and I'm just like love it like that's just stuff like that you know again it's a, it's a kind of thing that um, just really you know just resonates with me and I just really 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 enjoy and um, you know I think another prime example of that was when Danielson had the triangle locked on him towards the end and he was just like lining up them punches and just like punching him on the nose like just straight in, in front of him and I was just like who does that no one you don't see that kind of thing and it's just so simple that you've just got someone in the in a submission and you're just lining up to just hit somebody in in, in that particular particular way and it just again it just really really just enjoyed it just these two high high level professional wrestlers going out there laying fuck out of each other in quite a you know 
standard match in terms of sort of structure, probably, but in terms of quality of delivery, fucking them, you know, off off, off the charts for, for for how good these these two are. Very, very, very enjoyable. See, it's it's interesting. I mean, I kind of this was. I have to admit, it was a match I was kind of slightly flagging. It's the one I've got down to rewatch first of all. But I went four stars on this because I could recognise this was a very good match. But even for me, and I've watched this kind of bizarrely, I watched like kind of an hour and a half this morning. Then I kind of went on into a little run to then watch this, then have a little break for dinner and then just like kind of finish it, finish it off. So I have got down here that I thought it was like a really good, well-worked like match, like hard-hitting match and part of the reason i realized i was trying to think why do i like john moxley it's the chaotic element but it's it works it's a deliberately chaotic element where things like the kind of what would be danielson's match structure and it works in that kayfabe way of you would use this kind of tactic to to kind of throw someone like danielson off so i kind of enjoy that aspect of it um and again the finish took me by surprise i thought initially oh, i was at a botch but then when you look back on it and what I, a little thing, I just love the fact that Moxley's feet were under the rope, but he managed to tuck them back in small thing, but it's that kind of stuff, which like is that little cherry on top. So I've gone four stars. And again, I want to rewatch this. Um, I'll let you talk about the start of the conversation about the post-match stuff, Benno. I've yet to go back like... and read your tweets and thoughts on this live and how you reacted. My thoughts were just fuck me. I got snowballs like a snowball of at Benson Richard each um, tweets for the for second time in a in a night. But I don't know what everyone's on about. I mean, as far as like you know, you know, we talk top fives when it comes to the regal. As far as like top five, you know, commissioners promos, you know, minds to our backstage. I think bringing real in, regal in's a, an absolute stroke of genius. Mm. I think it's a, a really good signing. I think he's uh, you know he'll be uh, be good for the role. I thought the Segment was good. I didn't like uh, it being like uh, like when uh, on the WWE UK tournament where he made uh, Pete Dunne look like a bit of a toddler. I think uh, kind of had that little bit of an effect with uh, with Moxley and Brian uh, slapping them about. Um, but you know, I, I kind of I saw what they were going for, and you know, if they're gonna have a, a big violent uh, stable going forward, and you know, two lads who've got a, a you know a long history and uh, with Regal in uh, in Brian and. Uh, and Moxley, I think it's a it's a good choice. It got over with the crowd, and yeah, I think he's a fantastic talker, Regal, and he's got a a great mind for the wrestlers' business. I don't uh, don't see any negatives, lads. I'm doing a bit. <laughs> <laughs> he's not going to be no, wrestling. Like, that was well, the point that we the raised. Fucking Rick, listen. If they fucking exhume Fifth Finley and get him to come out here, and the two of them have a boring twenty minute overrated match that no fucker in the crowd speaking a crowd sitting on the hands gives a fuck about then we'll have a problem <laughs> but was that not always the point was the point when, we, yes. when i was talking about regal that people overrate him because they really enjoy him as a commissioner and they think it was funny when he got his teeth pissed in and whatever and just really you know like him as a human <laughs> being think he's like the amount of fucking cunts this weekend i have being like oh oh yeah you, oh you think you think regal's a bad wrestler well he trained brian danielson 
Yeah, so did fucking Rudy Boy Gonzalez. It doesn't mean I want to watch his fucking <laughs> matches. But <laughs> you are right. He's a great trainer. He's a great. He's, he's got a great mind. He's a great promo. He's a great authority figure type to have on, on your TV. I think it's a good signing. Like, a, <laughs> if people expected me to uh, to rally against real, you weren't listening to what we were saying because that was not ever the problem. Um, yes, we might have as uh, as Brit Res fans a bit of a. You know, the bitterness towards uh, what happened with the UK scene and uh, some of the quotes he made and some of the, the calls he made. I'll be worried if a load of Scottish lads in beard start turning up in AW or, or new ROH. But that aside, <laughs> I think it's a good sign. And it was over with the crowd and, yeah, no issue with it. Can't disagree. Yeah, can't, 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 dis- can't disagree. It was just, uh, again, it was where we talked. I think this feud or relationship between Danielson and Moxley is one that has had surprises along the way in, in terms of the way this storyline's mm. developed and is developing. It's, it, it is unpredictable and this was a great unpredictable spot to just bring in at the, at the, at the end of the card there and again knowing that he did have the history with the two of them and things it was, uh, it was you know, I think it was, it was worked well as Dad Regal gets in the ring and slaps him about a bit. I particularly mm. liked, liked him butting John Moxley as well. I thought oh, that was a nice little percent. touch. Yeah, and yeah. that was a that, that was a lovely, lovely touch there. Um, um, we know he's good on you know we know he's good on the mic, like you say. You know you you know that from a character point of view is strong and things. If this is you know obviously he got these two to pair up. Then if this is then it is this you know the these two together with this path of destruction and what was originally sort of cited by Brian Danielson, but in a slightly different way and then being brought brought together more naturally and things again, it's just something that's a bit different. That's uh, got me interested mm. and intrigued to see where it goes and interested and intrigued to see what Regal's role is in it really, because he has got a lot of chops there that probably have been, Wasted and hidden away and not used as much as they could have been in W. For for all people talk about the positives of his, of what he's done in WWE, a lot of it has just been, you know, hidden away and off camera. And maybe he could have been utilized a bit more. And he is a stronger character and personality and more over with crowds than a lot of the people that they have u- utilized in similar roles and things like that as well. Do you know? <laughs> Do I want to see him in a match ever again? Absolutely not. I've, <laughs> not you know, I've made, I, I've made, we've done that mixtape. It was, uh, I, I definitely don't want to be seeing um, that British bulldog match that was in people's top fives ever again in my in my life. But yeah, I'm, same as Benno, I'll uh, I'll have him in this role. Did that mixtape contribute to the decision that I uh, made earlier? <laughs> Sorry, possibly. Maybe <laughs> hey, um, Hashimoto match was good. That was good. I watched that Hashimoto match again, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, but all of his fans haven't gone out like watched his Hashimoto match. That's the great thing about it. they don't even know it exists. Yeah. Half yeah. of them. Um, well, we I, haven't I, been on I, cage match, mate, because that's there's three types of bluffer: the people who've been on cage match, the people who pretend the Jericho WrestleMania match was better than either Regal or Jericho think it was, and the people who just really. For whatever reason, overrated Saturday. He was he was on. British at a time. He was British and in you know on big time American wrestling TV at a time when there was no one British on there. That, that I think honestly, God, that plays into it. So it's like, well, he must have been good, but he was good in a kind of. I can't believe we're doing the regal different, brilliant way. Yeah, we are. Uh, but like, but <laughs> my, no, my notes, my notes are is he's not going to be wrestling. 
he's yeah. going to be. No, he'll be ROH mates. No, he's he's actually because William Regal, yeah. the uh, character, um, <laughs> is actually is a real thing, and he, he actually booked NXT. Do you not remember? That's what he was doing. He was the right. No, he wasn't. He was a performer on TV. You fucking morons. He's not going to be running ROH. And a like coach. he might be a scout. <laughs> he might be a couch. A couch. A coach. Um, <laughs> might be a couch. Be a couch. I'd <laughs> uh, rather watch that than uh, watch any of those matches. But that's just me. I don't think, I, you know, we, whatever. We we did the science and we killed Gareth, so, you know, can't say we didn't try. <laughs> Will it be, I mean, like, but this is the thing with it, is how long is this run going to be as well? Mm. It may only be a relatively short run thing while they're doing this. It's something for him him to do. I think there's there seems to be other older talent that they've had that seem to be kind of we haven't seen anything of Arn Anderson recently we've not seen that much of Jake Robertson oh. I really don't want to see any more of him on, <laughs> on TV if they're putting Regal into a kind of role like that I think it's you know I I, I think that's interesting because like you guys yeah it's just the wrestling side of things I've kind of been shown on it but as we said on that mixtape his value is in is in training as in coaching but also as a character on tv i think you can do this stuff i don't want to see him do the comedy stuff this version of regal if it's all serious shit down with that he can deliver on that and as gareth said it's something more for him to get his his kind of chops into rather than like you say drinking piss i don't want to see um the blue blood kip sabian with william regal at his side <laughs> Some sort of Lord-based gimmick. <laughs> oh, he turns up a Fulham dressed as a fucking Lord or something like that. You could. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. So yeah, overall positive signing. Definitely an absolute mistake by WWE to let him go. Like it is the other two wrestlers in this match. So yeah, it's uh, not, mm. a, not a bad. Uh... Not a bad sign about by Tony Khan. Uh, it's, well, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting you say that because when I was watching this match today, I was thinking like, how much could WWE right now use John Moxley and Brian Danielson? Just like people of that caliber, like just on their oh. roster. Like, you know, obviously they would do fuck all with them of any note of any note, but like that's where you, you do think, ah, what good gets for AW? The you know genuine top 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 level talent here on, on on the card and it's great to see them being able to go out and just have matches like this where they can just lay fuck into each other for 20 minutes it's also like i think for a, a you know it's it's also a sort of statement of intent isn't it because again you'd pick his brains about how the machine works at wwe as someone who's been well within that system now and kind of knows what it is recently. I think if nothing else, you'd want to be just having conversations with him about that stuff, just to to kind of like it's gauge. a reverse code, you know, knows where the it bodies is. are buried. Yeah, exactly. And he deliberately didn't win the weakest link that time, didn't he? <laughs> he knew full well it was going to be Stephen Triple H in that final two. <laughs> Took it like a. Oh. Unlike his match with Goldberg, in which he's deeply unprofessional, and I stick by that statement to the bitter end. <laughs> Yeah, we're not pissed about that. Good job he wasn't in there against Coco Beware. That's a reference to another mix. (laughs) (laughs) Anywho, but yeah, top five Regal promos. I'll do that mixtape any day. Um, So yeah, we'll see how he how he shakes up in in AEW. Do you think uh, Cesaro gets linked with them as a stable? Do you think that's where we're going? Is that what it is? I don't. I I think it'd be fun temporary idea, but I I don't know. I think Regal be better 
they did have a need an on-screen authority figure to stop Tony Khan having to, you know, turn up mm. on, on TV and scream into a mic. I think Regal might be better utilized for that. Although it might be a bit too similar to what he was doing in NXT. Maybe, uh, maybe you want to stay away from that. Both of them. I don't want Regal doing that role because I don't want anyone doing that role. I, I like mm. the I like the lack of authority figure. Mm. Um, but as far as one's going, though, he was always that way. I always like Sorry. The Cesaro point, like, like, if he just suddenly turns up now as well, like, this is where it's just getting into overkill territory. Like, for me, it's 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 getting too much. <laughs> if if suddenly Cesaro turns up and then fucking Jeff Hardy turns up the following week and things like that, I'm just like, oh, this is just a big just clusterfuck of just people you're you're aware of. And this is where I start to just get worried about the, you know, things backstage and people like, you know, getting mm. not getting the opportunities that they should do um, because naturally these people are going to be on more money than them and need to be put on TV and things like that. I don't, I don't want to see Cesaro in AEW for a second. Like, just not ne- not this year, not next year. Go away, do do Japan or something. Just get, just, we, we don't need Cesaro right now. I think we're getting him, mate. Uh, yeah. but if, <laughs> oh. if Brian doesn't get him in, I'll be shocked. I'll be absolutely and, shocked. And... Oh. And if you ever think you should have been a world champion, you're fucking deluded. (laughs) (laughs) Is this another Batter and Sacred Gallows episode? It is, isn't (laughs) it? How many people think I've turned off? They probably have, because I know people don't enjoy it. Shooting Sacred Cows. (laughs) Sorry. Man in a grapple shoot in in a man in a grapple (laughs) tracksuit with just a shotgun against a cow's head with a halo over it. (laughs) Good t shirt. (laughs) <laughs> for some balance um, following uh, this one we had a match that tell you what should also have maybe struggled with the crowd but and struggled with me taking place on the show really worked for me um, I don't know where JP's going but I thought uh, Mahardi Isaiah Casti and uh, Andrade and Stinger Darby Allen and, uh, and Sammy Guevara was Fantastic! I really, really enjoyed it for its for its spot. As far as I think, this is what the crowd needed at this point in in the show. I think we yeah. needed a bit of bit of mayhem, bit something to just get people going, just a bit of bit of sting playing New Jack. Uh, like it had everything, didn't it? I've seen a clip of uh, someone's already done that. There's uh, old Jack doing the uh, the big dive. <laughs> the, that might be a title. <laughs> oh, the videos are incredible. Like, oh, 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 poor it's fucking Sting. He's like, it's like a million years old, and he's going to like Darby Allen's probably had the idea. And he's going, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, no worries, lads. I'll, I'll, do, I'll do a big fucking dive through thirty-seven tables. Like, oh, this was just. Unbelievably entertaining for what it was. Again, for the players in it, you know me. I do not enjoy Matt Hardy. Don't enjoy the amount of TV time he gets. Didn't really understand why this was on the card. And then they went out there and they had another banger. Um, and yeah, it was fucking just great fun. Just great, great fun. Like that's that's the uh, the word for this one. Lots of creativity, bit of mayhem. Definitely after a bit of a lull, got the crowd going again. Did its job. Um, really, really enjoyable uh, bit of business. Absolutely. I, I, I kind of, you know, you wonder what the main event, what the reaction would have been at the main event for this. It felt like it it did th- wake, it did wake things up. I fucking loved it. And I'm not necessarily predisposed to liking a lot of these matches, but this was kind of wild. This was just a lot more bonkers. And I think there was, it, 
it almost felt like the moment Andrade just fucking swung a chair around really loosely and appeared to catch the back of uh, Darby Allen's head. I just went, Jesus Christ. It's like, mm. and it just sort of went off from there. And before mm. you know it, Darby Allen's taking fucking swings into the, into the barricade and stuff. And it was, it was just kind of mental. Like, and it's exactly what it needed. And it was different from everything else on the show for that reason. And the sting dive, which, you know, you like, it's mad to think like how worried we were the first time we was doing those cinematic matches. If you had said like what, within a year, 18 months, he'll be diving off the top of a balcony, like on other fucking like through tables, like absolutely mental behavior. Brilliant. This was not to... the breather match. That's what we were describing <laughs> as the breather match. Sting already had his post retirement run in TNA ten years ago. Like, like, doing it? Didn't do anything like this. <laughs> Nothing like this. Oh fucking hell! He's just decided, right? I'm just going to go full blown fucking New Jack meets Gypsy Joe, and just start <laughs> beating the shit out of people. Oh, love him! What a fucking legend! Fuck, no. I have four stars on this. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Four. Oh, just... <laughs> I wouldn't be but I can see the argument. I was going to say, I went three and a half, so I'm the low man on it. Mm-hmm. But it was definitely where I talked about being in that kind of like tired haze when I was watching um, Danielson Moxley. And I was thinking, I'm going to bed here. And then this match just sort of started. And then I just sort of got like lost in it and proper woke me up this ma- this match. It was just like fucking loads of shit going on. It just like a hundred mile an hour. Just you know this was to me it was just the epitome of just like crowd pleaser really this wasn't it just like just get loads of just different uh, you know just get get things going. I think they really kind of like lifted the crowd. It was it was such a good decision to put this on, you know, when they when they did and just the fact that it was going all around the arena and things like that. It got the crowd physically woken up because they had to be up and out of the seats and there's a bit of excitement because of stuff going on close to them and you know suddenly you one match away from like the end of the end, end of the show i think it was a it was a bit bit of genius really putting this uh putting this where where it was but you know how good just seeing sting in his in, in, in his helmet he just, he just doesn't even look out of place or anything he doesn't look like you know old broken down wrestler trying to do stuff that he shouldn't be doing he still just looks like is right and in the moment to be to be doing what he's doing what he's doing it's um it's 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 so great to see and like thank god for aw that he's a this is the this is the way that sting bows out and you get to see this version of sting as opposed to him getting beat by fucking seth rollins and triple h on you know stuff in in wwe gotta talk about that finish though what the fuck was matt hardy doing like yeah uh, on that i think drop. he thought maybe darby was on the opposite corner I think because he felt like he was moving closer to the other corner, or maybe he just wasn't expecting Derby. But yeah, it did kind of, and they showed replays of it, which was dumb. Like I, I know they tried to sell it as oh, Derby's head hit him, so it was kind of like a fine headbutt, which it kind of was, I suppose. But yeah, I think Mahardy just maybe wasn't aware where Derby was at the time. Oh well, we got that Hardy Brothers reunion, Hardy Boys <laughs> reunion to look forward to. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I, think I get why it makes sense. Yeah. It's, it it, it will it will work. It will shift tickets. It's yeah, not my but... cup of tea though. Mm. Mm. And it won't be around for like it won't last for a very long time. 
Will my Hardy be on TV more or less? I think he'll be on TV less. <laughs> like we won't have three segments to show, it'll be one. They'll do a tag match, you know, and I'm all right with that. I like Jeff. Andrade's <laughs> massive. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I look motivated too. Like I, I mean, yeah. he's one. He's one of those one of those forgotten toys that goes to, that is in the back of it. Bottom of Tony's big box, like he's a he's a very very good wrestler with a lot of star quality. You yes can have moments where he doesn't come across as motivated than others, and then in moments like this, he he looks great again. He looks like the star we all think he could be with a bit more time and a bit more you know I don't know focus maybe away from Matt Hardy storylines. Uh, oh, they could be a you know a mid card to a mid card player in this company. It's just he kind well, of seems must- to disappear a lot. It feels like they're giving him the stable. Mm. That feels like the natural outcome is he ends up with his own stable. Oh, shite, I <laughs> I mean, well, it doesn't fit. The it's, the blade. Yeah, 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 it doesn't like if there if there is heavies. I don't, I, you know, I kind of can understand it to a degree. I have to admit, I enjoy his kind of quite funny moments with Darby Allen thinking that he works for Sting. I've laughed at each and every one of those and his reactions to it. Because it's kind of weird. It's just the whole thing is very, very odd, but it does make you laugh. Like, it'll just pull a contract out of nowhere for him and ignore what he says. (laughs) Um, But at the same time, like, he is one of those people that is being wasted. And then if you get, like, a Cesaro into the mix as well, it's just, like, another one of those people. And, and, And the whole point of signing them is, like, they could use them in a better way. But He's he's still involved in this, but yeah, he did look motivated. Hopefully, they can shift him up the card. He wouldn't be the worst challenger to put in against Hangman Page, would he? If you're doing like not saying on a pay per view, but if you give him a few relatively high profile wins, and you need a heel challenger. No, is that mental? I can hear myself moaning about that if that happened, to be honest, on a future episode. <laughs> Go and Lance Archer worked out all right. I suppose it did in the end. It did in the end, didn't it? Uh, maybe if he'd been handled better since he's come in. I think he's been mm. kind of the fine down too much for me. Um, but uh, yeah, maybe in a different world. Um, but no, I mean, again, great segment, great match, you know. And like I say, let's say that's what we're moving on to. I assume they'll do the big angle on Dynamite where the mm. Hardy family offers kick hard, Matt House and Andrade is taken over, and then Jeff comes out like, "Sorry, Gareth, it's happening on Wednesday, mate. I'm pretty certain." Um, <laughs> but again, I, I think up, isn't it? It's no compete. Like Kyle O'Reilly, it was addition through no subtraction through addition. Maybe is, is the way to put it. You know, it took Bobby Fish out of the singles division. I think we're going to get the same effect here. So you know, let's take that win. No. <laughs> ah, you won't have to review it every week anyway, but you'll be all right. <laughs> um, well, uh, yeah, we went from from there then into our uh, onto our main event, and yeah, as uh, as JP said, it definitely helped the crowd. Unfortunately, it meant the crowd, while they were lively, just mm. decided to entertain themselves. I don't know if you're aware, lads, but Adam Page and Adam Cole are both called Adam. Jesus um, Christ! You know, we, we ever had that happen? You know, have two Steves ever wrestled and two Johns ever wrestled? I feel like they have. Uh, I don't know if it's that big a deal, but it was to this crowd. Um, that's, at least they were lively. You know, like I say, they could have. Mm been very tired and uh, and dead and uh, maybe they were paying attention to some of the, the wrong things with their uh with their funny chance here but yeah what did we uh make the wicker this is a main event i think hangman page has had uh, an uphill climb as champion to to stand out and be the the focus of the promotion that uh, i think maybe it's a little bit telling that that, uh, that segment on 
No, you can't uh, draw lots from the quarter hours, but you know, I was happy that he was in the main event on Dynamite, but it didn't perform well. Um, maybe it's the fact that it was just a, a throwaway six round with Dark Order, and you've got to eat that. Um, but you know, they've done it again here, put him in the main events, you know, and I, I, I do think you know, he's been lost in the shuffle or on, on TV episodes all in all. So I'd like to see that fate paid to him, you know, when it comes to the the TV product uh, week to week and maybe, you know, next time um, if he does feel like the biggest deal in the promotion, we won't see that kind of dip um, in quarter hour. But yeah, you know, bit of a bit of confidence to, uh, to throw him in the main event here as Tony likes to with the, uh, with the men's title and thought him and Adam Cole had a, had a, had a good match, but maybe Maybe not to the level of the, of the stuff before it. Uh, maybe that's the. It's, it's a problem with the with the long card. Maybe if I, I hadn't just sat through, you know, five or six hours of rest, then I would uh, feel stronger on it. This is one that I, I haven't gone back and uh, and rewatched. But you know, in the moment, I would have given three point seven five stars to. Don't know if that's uh, that's harsh, Gareth. But yeah, I thought it was fine. Solid defense. Hangman Page felt a little bit anticlimactic to just you know the show just then kind of ended it was like oh it wasn't really didn't feel like a big moment or anything i wasn't not not, not screaming for it yet another big debut but i you know i thought maybe we get a challenge to come out or or something happen um for jeter yeah, you know maybe no it was good it was just yeah it didn't uh i think in the in the face of the rest of the competition on the show didn't uh, didn't hugely blow me away where were you on it same. I, I went three point seven five. I, I did go to bed before this. I thought I, I, I won't mm. give the, this the attention it deserves if I try and stay and watch this now. And feasibly, with Adam Cole involved, this could go thirty five forty. Who knows? So I thought I'd wait and watch this one with um with, with fresh eyes to today. And I thought it was fine. I thought it was a good. I, I was I, when I say I've gone three point seven five. It was probably a generous 3.75. I was probably in the 3.5 to 3.75 mix with it, as opposed to going anything higher than um, than, than than where I did. And it's I, I know I've t- I've taken some stick on this in some circles where I've like questioned Hangman Page's popularity and things and the the pops that mm-hmm. he gets. You know, I've um, but you know Adam. Cole got twice the pop he did here, coming out here as the uh, as the heel at the start of the start of the show. He he he, f- he felt like a a bigger star. He, the, he was certainly getting bigger crowd reactions here as uh, as well. And like I, I don't know, like you know, you, we've we've pointed out the booking issues around Page and him feeling like a bit of an afterthought at times throughout this. And has he been given the fair crack of the whip in terms of the weight that they've put behind him on TV and, and, and things like that? But it he didn't feel like a world champion for me again here. Like he didn't he felt a bit sort of secondary to me and he he doesn't feel on the level of the champions who've gone before him. He doesn't feel on the level of CM Punk John Moxley, Brian Danielson, you know, other people who were on the card here. And like, I'm normally a very, I, I like patience in in wrestling and I like patience in booking and things. But I'm, you know, again, when you look at some of the TV numbers and things, I'm starting to question, is this the right thing? Is it too much too soon for, for Hangman Page? Because um, I don't know, it didn't. It didn't feel like the the top guy on the show. He didn't even feel like the top guy in the match for to, um, for, for for me in the in, in the way this was this presented as well. And you know, you know, I think for the you know there was there was nice little spotty elements here and things like that where you know there was the you know the 
um, super kick off the you know, off the moon salt and things like that that were you know good things. There was a couple of good setups with like Panama sunrises and things, but again, the the match itself just felt fine to me. And you know, I want more than that from a world championship match. I want more from that in a world championship match in AEW specifically. And this is the this is the the danger I think of the the established stars and you know bleeding in the 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 ones that you're trying to build as as being stars. It's um, I don't know. You get this sort of odd 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 little counterbalance. And I felt like I felt like Paige lost the crowd. You know, as the, as the match went on. You know, there was booze at the end, and, and something. You know, there was um, you know, when he tied him to the rope and was like super the you know a lot of the crowd weren't happy and i know there's the home crowd home crowd aspect and things but you shouldn't have your baby face world uh, you never want to see your baby face world champion uh getting um getting booed by a crowd no matter where they are geographically i don't know it just feels a little bit it of felt a like an ill-advised spot to me that more than anything like it did make him look at he was just being a dick wasn't he? <laughs> it's like yeah. why is he doing that it, did, it made cole sympathetic I, I, but there is always that danger it's the same problem JP said earlier with Britt Baker, Adam Cole is always on the fringe of being the top baby face in the company because everyone loves chatting his name and he's super over, isn't he? Even though he's allegedly a heel. It's kind of always, it had always kind of been a problem with him in NXT. It was always like, I mean, is he really a heel if he's so? I suppose it's the Minoru Suzuki arguments, it's the ego thing. He enjoys the crowd chanting along with his name, you know, like Suzuki enjoys the crowd chanting along with his song. It doesn't make him less of a bad guy, but. It can present a problem too when the you know the crowd are so so into him and yeah he is basically a babyface JP. Yeah, he is, and like he comes across as an absolutely massive babyface here. He's had mm. the he's quite routinely has the biggest reactions of anyone on the show. I'm he's on an island. Across the star though, it does. It you know it does. Uh, I I don't think that can be kind of denied. Now the real interesting thing is how many pay per views this shift. Like, yeah. although these cards are more of a ensemble, Some of the parts, r- really, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, than they are about. It's not like UFC. It's not being sold on a main event on a month-to-month basis. I'm completely yeah. on an island. I think on this match, I really enjoyed this. Like oh, cool. it was the thing I've watched on here. I went four point two five stars. Um, I thought it was great fun. It's probably because it went into the kind of modern main event style, which again. I watched this kind of in three parts. So the last part was like the the um, tornado trios match, and then this. So I was like, kind of like quite. I was like, oh, I'm looking forward to it. Trying to, you know, obviously watch it before um, recording tonight. Obviously, like Gareth says, it had those big spotty moments. They got a reaction from me. I thought the crowd stuff was fascinating because, like that, the, the crowd reactions. I don't know how representative they ne- they necessarily are. I think part of the problem is with Adam Page is he's not on, he hasn't been on TV as much as he is. And it's as much as the booking as anything else has not put him into a position to kind of quite routinely get that, that crowd sympathy. I thought like it was interesting because the crowd initially did the, they just, they were just on a weird journey in this match because they did all the silly chants at the beginning. Eventually they went around to doing, like let's go hangman let's go let's go cold chance then they some of them booed for this and it was like vocal but then when page got the win there still was like a, a, a kind of a big pop there at the end so i'm not quite sure how the 
the crowds are going to react. I think one of the things about it, and this could be the case ultimately, is is that he is the ultimately the baby face where the money is in the chase. However, I will still maintain if we look at his title run on a match quality basis, it's better than Omega's. Like I, I like the best matches of of this run were as good as anything that Kenny Omega pretty much had in his world title run. No. Like, I mean, I think his best match was like was a non-title match against Danielson yeah. in Omega's case. But yeah, I'm I'm kind of on an island. I although I kind of am willing to accept the fact that this is probably because, you know, I watched it in the evening once I'd eaten. Watched it rested. Yeah. I did yeah. watch it rested. Um and that and that And you're probably... you're more in you're more in tune, I think, with 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 the average, correct me if I'm wrong, Gareth. Like, what's it? It's at least at well, four point one six is the. Uh, it's over four. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you're more in the neighbourhood, I think, maybe than uh, than me, me and Gareth are. And, um, yeah. And and from a and and from a like the thing that Paige has, fucking cardio for days. The guy mm. goes, mm. like he absolutely goes. And part of the things I I like about him are probably the things that don't scream top babyface. Frankly, there's that kind of quietness and shyness to him. I'd always think that's a, like part of his appeal. But is when he does his his moon salts, he always seems to to kind of nail those. His his brawling is is good. I love his finisher, even though the cold bump on it wasn't you know the one you want. You want to see that turning inside out, really. That adds to the buck, to the buckshot. If you're doing a buckshot, Larry, that's what you want to see from it. But mm-hmm. he's so like from where he is. There's times where I just think of him as like when he was entered into that G1 that year, and I was a bit like Ugh. Adam Page is in the G1, and then by the end of it, I was like fucking hell, this guy's. This guy's kind of great. He really could go places. I think, though, and this might get onto the the point. You need to be putting him in like it's it's where do they go with those next kind of big heel challenges for him? Mm-hmm. Heel Cody would have been like kind of a great way to go. Never know. They might do it. And this turns out to be some weird elaborate work that Cody's pulled all along. Sorry to throw that theory in after three three hours, but there we are. We'll get you on Steve Victory Lap, Gareth. You'll, uh, <laughs> that'll be your moment, I'll mate. I'll come back for that. To... <laughs> uh, we, all, we all like being proven, right? Uh, but, but yeah, you know, even if me and Gareth are a little bit lower on you, I mean, you look at this this card like as a sum of a total. I know you mentioned it, Gareth, and you put it on Twitter. Like, this is a ridiculous water level for a, for an AW show. Like, you compare this to when. You know, the best AEW match was Cody and Dustin, which was, you know, went back and looked at that. It was all right. You know, <laughs> and you'll get like bangers on shows. Like as far as multiple of them on the same show, it just tells you like where the standard is now in AEW since we've introduced, you know, Punk and, and Brian and, you know, other people are hitting. Jericho is coming out of the woodwork with a with a banger of a match with Eddie Kingston, just like... As a as a whole, like uh, yes, we can complain about the length of the show. Yes, we can quibble about some placements on the show. But like, you give me a card with this many great matches on. Like, what's the trend in Gareth? Like, how many? How many? Like in the in the four star range? Well, I mean, I was picking it out there that there was like seven of them were three and a half stars or higher. And then if you included the one from the pre-show, there was like eight matches that were over three uh, over three and a half. But I'm just uh, just doing the um, just doing the maths and just looking at things here because like i i put a graphic out um after 
all out, which was in essence, it was like trying, it was emphasizing how strong all out was. And it was that all out had had four matches on there that, that were 3.75 stars or higher. And that was the same as full gear the previous year. And it was an increase on pretty much all, there was another five AW pay-per-views that had had three, three and 3.75 star matches or higher. This one here, you're looking at this and you've got like, and you know, we're literally in, there's hundreds of votes in here now. So it's, you know, you know a, a, a 24 hours has gone by kind of thing. You've got Paige and Cole at 4.16. You've got Danielson Moxley at 4.18. You've got Punk MJF at 4.4. You've got Jurassic Express, um, Red Dragon Young Bucks at 4.19. Jericho Kingston at 4.08. So you've got five matches there that are... Um, over 3.75 and in fact all five of them are four star plus so there's five matches on this card that are four star plus which is just like insane like that no other a no no other aw card has you know performed at that same level and again i haven't updated this but this is taken from the graphic that i did after all out WWE had had 35 pay-per-views in the same time period since AEW had, um, had, had begun. And just one of those had more than two 3.75 star rated matches on it, which was like the day two of WrestleMania. So it just shows like how strong this is, this is. And despite, you know, I don't know, a little bit too much on the card possibly, or despite a tiredness or despite some like elements there that you think you know, maybe that could have been better and things like that. This has absolutely delivered, and it's delivered to a level that AEW hasn't delivered to before. But it's 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 a level that you know you look at like American promotions, not you know it's comparable. You know, I'll go go back and pull the bones out of it. Looking at some indie shows and things like that going past, I'm sure there's some like there's probably some PWG shows or something like that that have got a nice run of four star matches on it, but. It feels like unprecedented when you see it in the in in those terms, and again, it just shows shows how much they've got right and the level of talent that they've got. There'd be a wrestle. Yeah. I was going to say the only events, and I can't, I can't. There would possibly be a Wrestle Kingdom event in new in sort of modern New Japan peak New Japan that would be yeah. rivaling it for that. Now that's fucking high praise if it's in that kind of category. But that was one of our complaints, like quite early on with their pay-per-views was actually for a long time, there was a lot of it that was kind of very average. We're being spoiled, but I would say this, it means that these pay-per-views become an event. I described them earlier on as an ensemble. Like you're buying this for the strength and depth, aren't you? That you know that there is a certain quality level throughout. And yeah, not everything's going to hit because you know you don't bat a thousand, do you? But Jesus, those those stats are kind of scary for the stuff. If you think of just four star as being, you really should watch this. There's five matches on this card. I did write after I thought the only company that can do a, a card that's better than that this year is AEW itself. I don't think there's any other company in the world that's going to be able to deliver that. Not modern New Japan. No, will do their best to try not to do it actively. You know, I might say stardom, but that's obviously a much lower kind of sample size. Not even they, I don't think, deliver on on this kind of level. Now, obviously, there's 12 matches overall, but fuck me. 
Um, none of them are under two stars. What do you reckon WrestleMania? What's the over-under that three matches on WrestleMania, <laughs> night one, are going to be under two stars? Just shit. Yeah. There you go. And we've got three more of these to come this year. If not four, if they, uh, if they get the fingers up their ass and, uh, and do something in the UK. So, mm. yeah, just unbelievable, really. I think we'll be, you know, I, I do think I was going to say that. And I think this show will age well. I think for all our... Are I was tired, you know, and if you're on the east coast of America, fuck off. But you know, for those of us who were still up at five in the morning, fair enough. But I think, yeah, when it comes to the end of year lists and stuff, I think we're going to remember the very, very good parts of this show. We're not going to be talking so much about that. Um, I think this is definitely going to be in contention, probably, like I say, with the uh, the other three AW cards, uh, I'm sure we'll get so, yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm just to JP's point there, I'm just going through here and I'm just quickly just doing like a double check on, um, you know, Wrestle Kingdoms and like one day, you know, Wrestle Kingdoms as well, um, specifically looking about this. Even going back to sort of the, you know, more peak periods and that, the most four star matches that you've got on any card is four. So this is like, there isn't a Wrestle Kingdom that's got five four-star matches on it, which this has. So, you know, again, it's 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 surpassing all of those. Now, it hasn't got where, you, you know, you go back at, at some of them and you, like, maybe mm. go back to something like, um, like, I don't know, like go back to 2013 or something like that. And then you've got things like, um, um, you've got like the... Uh, a card of Tanashi at the top of there at like Wrestle uh, Wrestle Kingdom Seven has been like high, you know, four star four star and matches there. You've got um ones there where you've got things like Naito a card at Wrestle Kingdom Eight, followed by, you know, Nakamura Tanashi that are two like higher level four star matches there. But to have five on, on one card and mm. you know, we might disagree with them. I think Wrestle Kingdom nine is probably the one that stands out here where you've got Nakamura Ibushi at 4.84 and then that's followed by Tanashi Akada at 4.81. They're two like literally elite back level mm. back-to-back matches that, you know, they're both better than any match on this card, those two, but yeah. the rest of the cards, you know, it hasn't got that same level of um, four star plus depth to it. It's fucking, it's phenomenal really. Awesome. So, yeah, an incredible show. And, uh, yeah, with that, that takes us uh, past the magic three-hour point. But, you know, Gareth, as your last full-time one, I feel like uh, I know you've got more stuff you want to mention. It's like, if we don't let you do it now. When are you going to do it? I don't know. Do we do a little bit of overtime? <laughs> wanna, uh, it's up to you, mate. How long do we want to go? Sarah, back yet? Can <laughs> um, <not> <laughs> we talk some other stuff then before we go? Have you have you's got other stuff? That you've watched. I no. <laughs> no <nothing. laughs> I didn't get around to control your narrative, mate. I wanted to. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm, I mean, I'll, I say I had a little bit more time on my hands uh, this morning, getting woke up earlier than I'd anticipated um, two hours after I'd gone to bed. But um, so, yeah, so I used my morning a little bit productively and I thought, yeah, why, why not go out with a bang and watch a, a couple of different uh, matches here? And I thought I just, you know, used the app and had a look on there and, you know, I thought, well, check the New Japan Cup out. There was two matches really that just uh, stood out to me for for different reasons within the the New Japan Cup. So, like the first one was from the first day there, where you had in the uh, main event show there you had El Desperado against Okada, and uh, that had had like four point four six on the on the app. Um, so I thought, well, that's you know worth checking out there because it's got a got a high rating out on there, and, and I'm really really glad I did because I think. 
this is a match I think you should both watch and uh, and check out. I know, like you're talking about picking and choosing on on, on New Japan Cup, but this was excellent. Um, Despi was absolutely fantastic in this match. Like he'd he'd gone after Akada's knee that um, uh, the commentators were telling me there. He's been you know been on a few previous matches and things like that. I think Naito had been working his knee previously in in in, in that match that I that I hadn't watched. But they just told like a good story there that there was almost Takada was almost slightly kind of slightly arrogant and just in his heavyweightness and you know dominance over the junior heavyweight there and maybe not necessarily going at it, you know, full tilt, but you know, Despi really, you know, fighting for 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 it hard and going after that knee and every time Akada just kind of rallied a little bit, Desperado would just go back to the to the knee and uh, take him down again. And you know, they they had like a a really close uh, close run uh, match that there was a couple of uh, near falls for for Despi that you know I bet on and genuinely thought I didn't know the result of the match and I thought Akada was losing um, on them, which again was good that they could kind of create that in a match that you so obviously expect that there's no way that the fucking you know the champion is losing uh, uh, lo- losing in this kind of kind of match but it was a really really um, top uh, um, top top stuff this and one that I think uh, people should uh, should should go and check out and it, again it's another one from a match time point of view that didn't overstay its welcome either it, it was um, it was a breeze to breeze to watch um, on on that one which was good to see for a, a, a new Japan main event the other one which stood out to me was Bushi against Will Osprey which was like averaging on the app it was the main event from the show yesterday and it was like three stars 3.08 and I was thinking like a Will Osprey um a Will Osprey match at three stars like when does that happen especially when it's the main event on a show and you know especially when it's someone like Bushi who he's worked with a lot before and again it was weird it was it was a the re- the reason I watched it was to sort of find out why and Osprey was working this kind of like slower, more methodical heavyweight style in the in in, in the match and it was um, then there was a load of referee bullshit that was brought in at the end. There was like Oz, uh, Osprey accidentally Oscutted the ref, so he was out cold. So they brought in a second ref who Bushi accidentally drop kicked, which meant that they brought in a third ref oh, who Jesus. got the who got the Bushi missed to the face, and then an accidental Osprey uh, drop kick. So the third ref was taken out. So they they went onto their fourth ref. Uh, where Osprey landed a hidden blade and uh, did the, got the one two three over Boucher there, but it was like a a twelve minute match. I've gone two point seven five on it, like even less than the average on on the app. What a bizarre, weird match to just have Osprey and Boucher go twelve minutes with all this referee bullshit as well. Like in a in 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 this environment, it seemed seemed incredibly uh, incredibly bizarre uh, that one to 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 go down that. That, down that route. I've got no idea why. I, I, I was thinking, is there going to be some injury here or something like that that yeah. has happened, but it didn't yeah. seem to be the case. And then just a, another instance of New Japan feeling like they have to build in a bit of bullshit into a, into their matches with their referees or um, or interference from the outside. Um, other thing that I watched, watched a couple of matches from Impact Sacrifice. Um, again, just looking at this, there was some. Uh, there was a reasonably high rating for PCO against Jonah. It's in there at like three point seven seven um, on the app currently. 
probably didn't help that I'd just done my rewatch of Punk MJF and Mox Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson before I, I watched this one. But if this is averaging out at 3.77 on the app, this is one of those where I look at it and I question what are people watching because it was just, to me, it was just a very average big man match. It felt like it was in super slow motion, especially after the two matches that I'd just watched uh, previous uh, to it. So um, I don't know, maybe go and uh, watch it yourself and if you if you listen to this and have your own opinion on it. But I don't think PCO versus uh, Jonah's uh, one for me in uh, 2022. However, <laughs> one that was for me and is definitely one for you, Ben. I think you'll really enjoy this the, this match. Is Jay White against Alex Shelley off this show, which yeah. um, again was one that I was like immediately attracted to when I saw the rating. It's averaging now like four point one eight on the app. Always love a bit of Alex Shelley, um, and um, this was one where in recent weeks we've talked about the difference in style that Jay White's been working in the US compared to to New Japan, and this was. Um, a prime example of this. I've gone four stars on this match um, overall. Both looked absolutely great. It looked like they were born to be in the ring t- together. They were they were almost just like the perfect opponents and perfect opponents for for this type of match. It was it was a twenty minute match. The tempo was off the scale, and it wasn't like you know it wasn't a super fast like flippy shit match. It was just one where there, it was just like continuously things continuously happen constant motion all action without anything looking like too manufactured or too light you know jay white really working in this more americanized style which really feels like it you know benefits him uh benefits in there as well there was a couple of really strong blade runner spots with uh, both Shelley and Jay White towards the towards the end and um just a, a good finish to the to the match. Real, real top quality stuff this one. And you know, again it's it's it, it's one there where we talk about impact having something on pay-per-views that are worth checking out. Well this is absolutely uh, that and I'm sure that the more people that all that watch it this rating will be you know established above that four star level and it wouldn't surprise me for this to be like making like the grapple 100 at the end of the year because it was a real uh real quality stuff and there was another one on the app that i didn't get around to watching but i think i will check out as well is the uh, the openers at 3.84 on this it's trey miguel against jake something and i think mm. jake something's been very like impressive the, the last few times that i've seen him in uh, you know, Trey Miguel largely delivers as well. I think it's one where seeing that rating, picturing what this match between these two probably looks like in my mind as well. I think it's another one that I'll be be checking out there. But uh, don't sleep on sacrifice. <laughs> out of contract, Jake, something. Is he? Yeah. Interesting. Mm, he'd be an interesting pickup. I mean, he just resigned. Um... Cedric uh, Alexander? No, Josh Alexander. <laughs> Josh Alexander. Oh, have they? Oh, yeah. Well, then hopefully they'll get him back. Okay. Mm. Another one for the daily update. No, I do want to see Jay White, uh, Alex Shelley. It was the match from the weekend where I was like, oh, I'll watch that for uh, for Spotlight. Just that probably hasn't happened with the big pay-per-view yesterday. But no, that is one I'll uh, I'll 100% watch because love a bit of Alex Shelley. was really hopefully would turn up for this one and it sounds like he did so yeah i think that'll that'll be a definitely a fun watch he he looked great he looked really really good i feel like again i think we've talked about him in the past i think it was when the motor machine guns came Mm. back together and how impressive Mm. they looked as a as a pair alex shelley looked great here and i know i think he i think at the time he's talked about him having you know working outside of um outside of wrestling and, and things but god he looks like somebody who's got a lot of 
juice left in the tank and somebody could be making money on the back of, you know, really, really uh, good stuff from him here. I don't say it lightly, but honestly, there was a point in 2004 where I thought he was CM Punk level. That's what he was going to be. Like, he was an unbelievable promo in that year and a great wrestler to boot. And it just, his career just went, which is a little bit weird. Like, you know, he obviously had the great Moti City Machine Guns run. I say great. They had great matches, but they weren't particularly book great. Mm. Um, and he had little stays in Japan and stuff and, you know, seemed quite happy with his lot. But the potential there for him to be a big star in wrestling seemed to be there for all to see. And it just didn't happen. But, it's not too late either, you know. I know we're obviously at this point, there's no. I did think at the start of AW, he was going to come in, like him and Saban to do some stuff with the books. Seems obvious, really, as well. You know, a nice little nostalgia run to them. So, um, you know, considering he did NXT and he did Ring of Honor, I'm surprised he, you know, that hasn't happened, but still time. And his little indie run as well, the stuff he did with like Daniel Garcia and, uh, mm. and all of those lads was uh, was really strong too. So, yeah, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully, see more of him. Yeah, absolutely. He's having like a nice time. He's, he seems to have got the work-life balance sorted. He seems happy with his job. Oh, I think he's like, is he a physical therapist? Yeah, like I believe he, so, yeah. He enjoys that alongside not having to wrestle all the time and the grind of the road. And I think he just seems to have found a happy medium. Good luck mm. to him. Definitely, definitely. Uh, anything else you want to mention? Any other matches? Anything? There's nothing else that I've seen. Yeah, I can go do a segment like this once once a week, maybe end of the show. Yeah, all right. <laughs> you know, bed. Yeah, I, I was going to say, get out of bed at half one in the morning and come and do five minutes on <laughs> a little bit <laughs> of that promotion. The grapple update. Yeah, I think it makes sense. No. Uh, well, if that's that, then yeah, there's uh, not much else to say. Then so yeah, genuinely, you know, thank you, Gareth, for everything you've done over the podcast. Thank you, Gareth. It's not the end, is it? You know, we will see you. Uh, hopefully, yes. we'll be trying to rope you in <laughs> as much as we can, but you'll still be part of the rotation. We'll still have you on shows, still have you on the Patreon as well. That's an, an important point, uh, you know, for, for odd shows uh, here and there and stuff. But yeah, you know, obviously, uh, saw the outpouring of uh, stuff from the uh, the patrons earlier, which was nice to see. They've all gone to bed now, but it is uh, <laughs> one in the morning. But I'm sure they'd agree with me if they were awake. <laughs> but yeah, listeners out there, embarrass Gareth, send them tweets, tell them how much you enjoyed them on the show because, uh, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been great, mate. And yeah. Like I say, we'll bully you in tomorrow, don't worry. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll be like Terry Funk. <laughs> <laughs> it's going. This is retirement number one. Um, but yeah, you know, we will uh, yeah, hopefully uh, do stuff with you soon. You have Matty on the other uh, fire to one tomorrow and um, plenty more. Anything else you want to mention there, JP? That's it, really. Um, yeah, patreon.com forward slash grapple. And yeah, just sad I'm not going to get to speak to Gareth as often as I like to but he's, 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 he's not dead I'll, I'll speak to him in the group chat tomorrow mate yeah. not too early man. there you go so yeah get, that's get, the forward get, get your set of leads give us a good send off yes there you go. So every business man you know that's the one Seven pounds. Yeah, thank you for everyone who used that. By the way, that yeah. was—it uh, felt like it was uh, quite a few. So, yeah, seven pound fifty. Get you in there uh, to the live show. Five pound will buy you buy Gareth a beer. So you know, why not yeah, come out and do it and uh, get Martin one while you're there, while you're at it as well. But yeah, that's uh, that's it for us for uh, another show. Gareth's got a night train to uh, to go and catch. But other than that, we will uh, <laughs> catch you again next week. Bye. <laughs> You can have bye. <laughs> Cheers, all.
just like time to go.